Must listen to anime podcast on the internet. This is the Worldwide Waves. The Red Leaf Retrocast is back for episode 16. We are doing Space Battleship Yamato from 1974, winter anime impressions. And Yuwasa had a uh, Twitter outbreak. I uh, basically told a guy to go fuck himself. So, welcome to this amazing episode. I am joined with two amazing hosts. I am JD. We have here the anime Pele himself, Hickey from Brazil. Hello, everyone. Hyped intro, yeah! Ah! And speaking of war cries, we got the Norwegian Viking himself, Tori, up, or, up over here in this corner. Yeah! Uh, yes. Hello, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that was. Uh, my name's Tori, and uh, I'm here. I just got you guys so hyped for an anime cast. Let's do it! Yeah, let's do it. Speaking of doing it, quest time! Quest time! I've got a quest up there for you guys, because now I'm not watching long anime anymore. And first up as on the quest list that I have obviously prepared is Slayers. So I watched Slayers, you know, the, the like I'm in the 90s on my quest now, and uh, Slayers was a popular little uh, comedy adventure anime back in the day. People still like it. It sure was. People still like it. So People sure do. Yeah. And... Uh, <laughs> I've uh, I've heard a lot of positive stuff about it, so I decided to check it out, and it's 26 episodes, and it is probably the most average piece of media I've seen in a long-ass time. It was so much nothing, now I've only watched season one, but it was so much nothing, and I was so bored, the jokes were so dated, and uh, visually it was very not impressive. And story, well, who cares about a story, it's a comedy. <laughs> so what you're saying is it's not... It doesn't hold up as well as Excel Saga, oh, would you say? It, it doesn't hold up at all. <laughs> uh, That's a callback from a past episode. That sure is. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, Excel Saga is way funnier in comparison. And honestly, if like if you like if you like Slayers, I'm not you know you can like Slayers. That's not the point. But I'm just I'm just gonna go and throw this out that you're probably looking at it. if you're still watching it now, you're looking at this with nostalgia glasses on because. It's not that good, <laughs> quite frankly. Um, Is there a particular flower on their glasses as well? Oh, no. <laughs> Just the color of a rose? Just the color of a rose. Um, yeah. Rose-colored glasses? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, I, right. I, I got it. Joke I falls flat. <laughs> I got you, but we need to move along, JD. You can't stall me. <laughs> okay, moving along. What, what else? Moving along. I also watch uh, Tetsuo and Birdie, or Birdie the Mighty. Which is a short OVA, short little sci-fi OVA, which is 
a lot of fun. It's basically about a boy who gets possessed by an alien police officer who goes around trying to arrest spe uh, inter fucking intergalactical criminals. And uh, they have to be defeated. And, you know, it's a... Do they? Yeah. It's a do fun they show. have to be defeated? Yes, they actually do have to be defeated because they're dangerous, okay. J.D. They're dangerous to, to the threat of humanity. Uh, How dangerous are we talking? Uh, threat to the humanity? Uh, well, I mean, I mean, they tried to poison the water to kill off the entire city of Tokyo, so... Hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. that scale. These space criminals, J.D. Space criminals are very dangerous. They are. They know? have dangerous weaponry. And, uh, well, I don't know. I don't know their culture, which will have you ever watched Man in Black? Like <laughs> that shit is heavy, man. You 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 don't mess up with space criminals. Oh what yeah, if poisoning the waterhole is just part of their subculture. Well, that's not part of our culture, so uh, fuck well, them. then I'm fucking racist <laughs> with aliens, and they uh, should yeah. all die because they're poisoning my water. Yep. Now, in order to <laughs> defeat them, you know what's funny? You have, you, they have, like, they're very difficult to defeat. You need very specific things to defeat them, like the slime monster that comes and attacks. In order to defeat them, you need, you need a certain substance that is impossible to get a hold of anywhere in this galaxy. Well, apart from on Earth, because the uh, substance you need is detergent. And uh, that's poison to them. They die from that. So, oh, are we talking <laughs> Tide Pods here? We're talking Tide Pods here. <laughs> Oh my god, I can't believe it. An anime, anime was already way back in the early 2000s, late 90s, early 2000s, defeating monsters with Tide Pod injection. Yeah, except, you know, they didn't use Tide Pods. They just kind of opened a, opened a bottle of detergent and then threw it on each other. And then, there it, you go. It, it was 100% Tide Pods. Oh. Just don't don't ruin this for me. Fine. I don't care if so they wait, weren't invented Fine, yet. JD. They, they, were, they were doing the Tide Pod challenge and died. Are you happy uh, now? That's what I thought. I mean... <laughs> You you're telling me that a lot of advanced races of aliens don't have detergent. They don't. Yes. They just they just don't know how. To, okay. Yes. Exactly. I'm done with the questions. Thank you. Move along. Nothing <laughs> <laughs> uh, more to add. That is the that's the thing about this show because it's a very good show, and in my opinion, but there are times where it is very dumb. <laughs> uh, and that those are. Oh, some I, I didn't realize. And, yeah. and the last show I've watched is uh, Aika, or Agent Aika. And uh, Aika is a short OVA as well, like six episode, no, seven episode OVA. And uh, it is all about fan service, realistically. Lots of OVAs. Yeah, no, it is all about fan service. Is this the one with the, with the women that have massively giant tits? Oh, you have to be more specific. Yeah. <laughs> There's yeah. a lot of those. I was about uh, to say that. Actually, like we're talking triple Q cups here, whatever you want to call no. them. This is the one where you fall, where you follow a, a female agent who likes uh, where who uh, she uh, a female agent called Aika, and uh, she has this um, ability. Well, technically, she's she is the uh, only survivor of an experiment who has. Uh, Basically, experiment give... to make boobs grow larger. No, it gives her a. Uh... That is. It gives that her is my new control. That's another enemy. <laughs> it, it gives her a different persona. She basically turns into like a super uh, super fighter, like a super uh, fucking. I don't know, a, a weird weird being that just is in, indestroyable by anything. Uh, and uh... except boobs. No, nothing. She's uh, damn it. Uh, she... What is this even about? She goes. She is an <laughs> agent, and she goes around solving. Um, well, not crimes, but she goes around, you know, doing missions that she, uh, for her company, and they, you know, she gets paid for it. And it usually involves her running around in her tight skirt, fighting other girls wearing tight skirt, 
Skirts beating them up and making sure that they land land with their ass in the air with the lots of panty shots. That's what it's about. Uh-huh. That, that, that's... that sounds like 90s. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the entire time somebody fights, every time somebody's defeated, they always have to fall like with their face and boobs down and their ass in the air and fucking panty showing every time. No exception. Ooh. <laughs> are we are we talking uh, doggy style type? Yep. Precarious We're position? doggy style. Yes. Absolutely. Is there a mech involved? Uh, like something from this winter anime season? No, there's no nah, nah, blah, there's no mech involved, sadly. Aw. Uh, yeah. That didn't go there. But, you know, it's it's still it's fun if you're into that sort of, you know, uh, just fan service humor. It's it's not great. Sure. It, it's it's not great. It doesn't have it doesn't have much in terms of story either. Uh, it's just it mostly just it knows what it is. It knows what you want. You want to see you want to see some decent action and some nice fan service. That's what you get. Is that what you got, Tori? That is exactly what I got. <laughs> Did it make you feel uh, the fuzzies inside? Oh, it made me feel the fuzzies all, all over me. Hickey, does this sound like an anime that'll make your heart go a flutter? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Make my heart and another thing goes doki doki. Oh. <laughs> but especially your heart. Especially Ooh. my heart, yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah. And uh, that's basically my update. Right now I'm watching Trigon. And uh, I'm almost done with the 90s. I only have Trigon and Kacho left. And then we're done with the 90s. 11 more years you had caught up to me. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right shall we uh move on to the winter 2018 anime impressions i think we shall Ooh, yes. then we have to start with death march Yay! transported to another world rhapsody the weeb casts blood pack of the season that has been joined by the super anime super show go listen to them on <laughs> itunes for example <laughs> for example for example so death march if you are so out of touch with reality, you might say, is about this 29-year-old guy who works uh, works for a game company. He go he uh, he overworks, sleeps at his office, kind of deal. He uh, falls asleep at his at work, and next thing you know, he's transported to another world. Did you guys see that coming? No, I sure never. didn't. Yeah. Oh no, and... I saw him. I, I he was going to die definitely. You know, that happens a lot. In He's Japan. definitely going to die. I mean, when people overwork themselves and then just go to sleep and die. Yeah, that happens a lot. <laughs> you think Japan. he died of exhaustion and now he's in this world and it's just him in heaven? Yeah. And that's his, his idea of heaven? Yeah, oh, the show the show's I mean, very, very isn't much... is your uh, idea of heaven? Being overpowered in another world and having a harem? You know what? <laughs> he makes a solid case. Uh, I guess you're not I guess you're not wrong. <laughs> No, uh, Death March clearly is one of the most intellectual, mind-bending anime of the season. Definitely. It, um, yeah, so oh, yeah, when really he's first it. transported, he realizes he's in the game that he's been uh, fixing bugs for. And he proceeds to see a bunch of lizard people that are at high levels. I think they were at level 50, if memory serves. He's only at level 1. However, while he was fixing uh, some bugs on the game, he added... Or a certain feature was added to the game where they could have, like, a uh, meteor bombardment and kill everything. Well, he does this. Then he 
fights a lizard guy one-on-one. Basically, they're all dead. And he levels up to OP level extraordinaire, like 275 or something stupid. He becomes yeah. And he can max out all his stats. He can max out all his attributes, everything. So, Hickey, this only reminds me of one of your favorite anime is uh, Smartphone Jesus from last yeah. season. Isekai with smartphone. I have to say that Death March is better when it comes to handling the, the main character. Uh, because they actually explain why he became OP, and I guess it makes sense. <laughs> it was a broken it wasn't, future. It wasn't just given yeah. to him right away? <laughs> yeah, it was like, oh... Even though know, it kind of was? He was he was working the game, and they were like, the game is too hard. And he's like, well, we, we have this scraped idea that uh, giving a person a item that shows the map, the first map they spawn in, and three meteor strikes, meteor showers. So they can kill enemies easily, and you know, get to the first c- uh, the first city without any problem if they think if, if right. they think it's gonna be hard. The problem is, as every as everything in video games when they first come, they are broken. You know, they need fixes, they need repairs. So since it didn't it, it didn't have it, he was the testing character for that future, and the feature was broken. So he killed everything and got a little a lot of money and a lot of experience. I can yeah, understand he, that he it's not have... it's not like like smartphone <laughs> Isekai was smartphone is just sorry I killed I killed you by accident. So you can go to that world and and I'll give you one item. And the guy says I have my smartphone. And God just says okay you're going to have your smartphone and you you asked also another thing which I'm going to concede which is like infinite internet but also going to give you uh high like uh a the best memory possible uh all the magic capabilities that is just broken uh you you can yeah but okay so, you have fighting skills so I'm, cu- and I'm gonna cut you, i'm gonna cut you off there to continue with my impression <laughs> this isn't of great. death march this is my impression so uh so first episode of basically just high hey 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 my you time this me. is my time why to shine <laughs> You can have your time to shine when you do your impression. So, uh, first episode focuses on him learning, like, he's learning the world, so we're learning the world. He uh, He's up in attributes when need be. Uh, sees a dragon in the air. Hits the dragon with a rock. Sees some girls. Saves a girl. Cliffhanger. Uh, next episode focuses on him going around town, meeting a girl. And they pretty much shop and he eats food and describes it in the most meticulous, descriptive manner you can imagine. <sighs> yeah. did, did you realize that? at the that end of the episode, he sees the girl that he saves at the end of episode one. Yeah. So, did, did you realize that, that is death eating, food, eating food in, in Death March doesn't have any weight? It's just like they get the mm-hmm. food, put near the, the mm-hmm. mouth, and it just disappears <laughs> with a mouth, with a noise. Did you realize that? But he's, but he 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 realized how delicious it was. Yeah, I know, but yeah. like the act of eating, it has no weight. It's just <laughs> a, an animation All of right. food disappearing. <laughs> it was, it was. Oh quite, yeah, it it's, was quite yeah. There, there's, it's, there's a reason why it's the Blood Pack show. This show is so boring. Now, I did have one thought that crossed my mind while this, like, food scene was happening. Not a scene. Sequence. Mm-hmm. Because it lasted for minutes. <laughs> and it'll happen Precious again. minutes that I could have been spent doing something else in my life. 
such as playing more Assassin's Creed Origins. Anyways, the thought was, if this was a cute girl character, just doing the exact same things, this would be one of the one of the most talked about shows. Best show of the season. Just because it's a cute girl doing cute things and it involves food. Best show. Of That's the, the point in anime we've reached. I'm convinced. Um, yeah. Holy horse. It'd be like late back camp all over again. Uh, no, I don't know. This is talked about a lot. <laughs> it's death marches. It, well, yeah, we're talking it's about one it. of the yeah, most we're talking popular about anime season. <laughs> yeah, it's the sixth most popular. Yeah. according to Mel. <laughs> Guys, I know. Why must we do this to ourselves, anyways? Yeah, we have. Who's it, got we the also... next one? I'm done with Death March. Hickey, done with it. Hickey, it's your time. It's your turn to shine. Hickey, it's your My time to time. shine. Yeah. Since last episode, I I got very angry with Card Capital Sakura. I chose to talk about Card Capital Sakura Clear Him or Clear Card Arc, which is this. It is another season of Card Capital Sakura. Yeah, it is less frustrating than uh, the first the first season, definitely. Unfortunately, I can say what happens in the first two episodes because it is spoilers. But something happened to the cards, you know, she's the card captor. Uh, something happened to the old cards and now there are new cards. That's basically it. And you have some love going on with her and another character. Uh, yeah, it is less that frustrating. That much is obvious. <laughs> yeah, basically, I can say much because you know again it it, it is spoilers, uh, but like there w- we have the first puzzle. Uh, basically, when sometimes when when she needs to to capture a card, she'll have to solve a a, a puzzle, and that one Whoa. that one was Whoa. siege the siege card. Uh, first of all, <laughs> when the card appears, like yeah, this is like siege or something. So I know, but instead of Instead of spending 20 minutes trying to understand what the fuck the card was, it took like five. So I was very happy. It was way less frustrating. Uh, also, the animation. Oh, there you go. Is, yeah, the animation is very good. Uh, it is way better than the original animation. So I'm happy. I'm happy. If they don't, I mean, the siege card was still a little bit dumb. How they how they finished the card, how they discovered the the weakness of the card, it was. Kind of them, but I I can forgive it. They just need to keep uh, the puzzles to five minutes, you know, five minutes to realize what the card is, and I'm I'm good. I need more than that. I did notice that they seem to increase the shojo esqueness of it, because now soccer is in middle school. Uh, yeah, just, they're gonna just a little kind man. of. It seems like I got the impression that they're gonna focus kind of a little bit more on the uh, the middle school relationship. So what you would what what a junior high relationship would be holding hands, blushing, maybe a kiss. That's about it. Yeah, I mean because it is a new manga. You know, it is it is not. Yeah. It's a it's a the manga is a continuation of the original Card Capital Sakura. The manga was published first in 2016, so a lot of there's a lot of new tropes to to the manga, and also it's gonna be in the in the anime, which is good. Although I like Old Clamp, I, w- I would rage after two episodes of Cat Capital Sakura Clear Hand or Clear Card Saga uh, if they did the same thing they did in the original. Ah, oh, we look forward to it. I look forward. It's gonna be fun. If you watch the, 
the first uh, card capital Sakura. Go watch this one if you didn't. If you didn't, I don't think it's necessary. You're gonna miss a lot, but uh, it it doesn't look no. like it's necessary. You know. The, the, there's even a um, yeah. There's a like recap. A there's a little recap at the beginning. Recap yeah. episode. But come on, yeah, it's card captor. She be, she becomes a card captor. She catches all the cards. I mean, what 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 Basically. more do you whoa. need? Whoa! And they whoa! Spoiler. And they change it some stuff. Oh, they, I'm they, I'm sorry. Yeah. I spoiled the show synopsis from 1998. Whoa! <laughs> I mean, they they change it some stuff from the original manga to you know the the first one, the first adaptation. I don't know if they're gonna yeah. fix it now. I don't think they will. <laughs> But it's fine. They're just gonna I mean, ignore really, the only... show. They they're just gonna ignore the, the first show and keep going. There's really only one character from the entire original series that has like a twist. And in Card Captor Clear Card, they immediately go to him in episode one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you're, yeah. You're I was like, oh yeah, that. that's right. He's he's that. I was like, oh that. Uh, it really jogged the memory immediately. It was like, oh that's right, that guy is the thing. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It is fun. It's going to be fun, but, you know, a lot of nostalgia going. Yeah. I'm it's excited. I'm watching yeah, the funny I, I, dub, which excited. comes out next week. Yeah, I'm also excited. Uh, next one is right, Tori with yes. your I first pick. I am going to be talking about... Uh, Tori's time to choke. He's going to choke in this moment. I feel okay. it. Uh, I'm going to be talking about... Like Norway qualifying for the Olympics here. Seriously? Seriously. Okay. So I'm going to be talking about a place further than a u- further than the universe, and uh, you know that's a show about and I don't remember anyone's name, so don't expect names. It's a show about a girl <laughs> Come who on, started man. high school, the second year of high school, uh, and uh, oh she boy. wakes up one day and she realizes that well, she had a whole bunch of plans for what she was going to do when she started high school, and now that she's in her second year, she has done nothing, literally nothing. Okay. So she decides that she wants to go and do something. She has some notebook. She has like a diary full of plans of what she wants to do. And she just decides to pick something. So she wants to do something sporadic. She just wants to go somewhere. Travel somewhere. Go somewhere without a plan. And uh, So it's Bucket List the anime? No. It's not Bucket List the anime. This is completely focusing... High school Bucket List. This is completely focusing on that one thing. It's not about her trying to complete it. I got the name. She is going to try to... The name is Mari. Tamaki Mari. Thanks. No, uh, no I don't care. <laughs> she uh, anyway. On, she man. decides to. She decides to go. Uh, that she wants to go somewhere. So she gets the help from her friend, that uh, in school, just to call in sick for her, and then she plans to go somewhere. Complete no. So it's Ferris Bueller's Day Off, the anime. No plan whatsoever. She just decides to go somewhere. Um, now she's too scared so she doesn't end up doing that and she ends up going to school after all. She couldn't do it. She couldn't just get on a train and go somewhere. She doesn't... Always sunny in Philadelphia, the anime. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to hit it eventually. I'm going to ignore you. So she ends up, uh, she ends up running into this other, this other chick, uh, or she ends up running into a girl, a girl uh, wearing the same uniform as her at the train station. She drops a uh, envelope with a million yen in it. So that's a lot of money. Eden of the East. <laughs> she ends up gi- she ends up <laughs> give it, returning that envel- envelope of money to her, and uh, she to this girl, and she gets very happy until she, and she real uh, reveals her secret. She also wants to go somewhere. She wants to go to Antarctica, because she is the uh, da- she is the daughter of uh, uh, of an like or her mother is uh, like. Uh, 
was Researcher? a scientist. Yeah, a scientist, and she was on an expedition to Antarctica, and she disappeared. So she wants to go there. Uh, so basically, because <laughs> going to Antarctica is so easy, yep. and they decide, and that's why people live there. The main character decide to decide <laughs> then that uh, she wants to join her on this. He was also wants to go to Antarctica, and uh, along the way they recruit other other people to go. And uh, of course, Asaki told me uh, told me that he wanted. What? Uh, I needed to mention as well the oh my rubber nan moment uh, that happens and that is of course how it becomes viable for high schoolers to get to Antarctica or to you know Such become part an of an expedition to get to Antarctica Such an like there was, a, oh. there was an immediate plot there's an immediate plot hole just in the first like what five Jenny. minutes where she can't even get out of Tokyo Jenny. no she can get out of Tokyo she no. doesn't she, she's not yeah, she, to get out of she, Tokyo yeah yeah, That's what I'm saying. Right. If she's not brave enough to like leave I'll, her protective JD, bubble, JD, what's she gonna JD, do? JD, you're the guy who doesn't play fighting games yourself. who says you can do anything. So I, I'm not sure you can, you know, talk. Bad, Unless the bad friends stuff, tie probably. her up. Well, maybe they do, her. You haven't seen the show, you don't know. Oh, come on, that's not going to happen. <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. See, and the so guy's criticizing decide... me, uh, Mari, but not going to Tokyo alone. Yeah. yeah I can't Anyways, even watch what... a show, can't even play a fighting game. Jesus. This type of guy. Okay, so basically, what Hickey Jay. wanted me to mention was that uh, this uh, this moment happens when they finally manage to uh, get a way to get on this boat that's gonna go to go to Antarctica, or they find a way to get there. And essentially, it ends up bo- going with they meet this girl. She is a young idol, and uh, she has been drafted drafted as the first high schooler to go to go to Antarctica because she is gonna shoot a series of some or some live stream of some yeah, sort it, it's a documentary yeah it's, it's a kind of documentary kind of but this not really. makes no sense and, to me uh, i can't wrap my head, head around it and essentially they end up befriending her and then she ends up insisting on them coming along well originally she doesn't want to go and she tries to convince her manager to let them go instead of her but that that doesn't gonna fly so they eventually end up befriending her and then she wants to go and she now insists that they they go with her on this project so everything seems set for them being able to go to Antarctica, and uh, so let me get this straight: a bunch of girls stow on a boat and meet an idol to go to Antarctica. They haven't gone on a boat yet. They met yeah, her in they, Tokyo. They try. They try to convince uh, the expedition guys. They, they're going to let them go, and they failed. And this idol come and say, "I'm going to Antarctica, but I don't want you. So you guys go in my place." And they're like. Yes, the manager says you can go on on her place, but if you convince her to go, you can go with her. And they're like, that let's try to convince uh. her. Shenanigans. And she's like, you know what? You guys are good people. And I want you guys to go with me there to Antarctica and shoot a documentary. Yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, the ass pull. Oh. The ass pull is strong. The ass pull is strong. But that was always going to happen. We're talking about high school. We're going to go. I mean, I know, I know, I know there's going to be an S-Pool at some time, <laughs> but still, still, uh, what I, really? Okay. That one? No, Hickey, shut up. Your negativity is rubbing onto me. Uh, well, <laughs> so, basically, I, li- I like this show. What I like I'm about... none of mine did. I like this show. What I like about this show isn't, isn't about how this is a journey of high schoolers going to Antarctica, because let's just, th- let's just uh, you know, put that out there right now. It's not going to happen. That would never happen. I don't care what situation okay. that this would this wouldn't happen, uh, but what I do like is this idea, which is the idea they present in episode one, of 
not like people living people living their everyday normal life going on a day-by-day -day basis doing you know just going to school preparing for preparing for adult life you know go eventually you know graduating from school either going to college getting work whatever and kind of take a detour from that go out like challenge yourself go out do something do something you didn't plan to do and that is what i really liked about this show because they nailed that very well this idea of just try doing something like try doing something different with your life every once in a while don't just sit in front of your all right computer. so i can kind of relate to this you up for, you up for a little story here no. let's move on <laughs> come on i want to tell the story fine so uh when i moved to germany in high school uh i went on a bowling tour and every weekend i would hop i would pick a bowling tournament somewhere in the country of germany and just hop on a train and go to that tournament. Because mm -hmm. I'd never... Because I didn't want to just stay in that town that I was uh, being the foreign exchange student in. Yeah. So, the, the trick was I had to win bowling tournaments to continue paying for the random trips. And I would just stay at a... I would just have a single bag and my bowling balls. And uh, just walk around... Every new town I would I would come in and just pick a random youth hostel and just stay there. Do the tournament and then be back be back on sun be back Sunday night. So I went to like Stuttgart and the bullet the uh, the ice the ICE trains, the bullet trains in Germany, they can get you across the country in less than eight hours. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And that is So that was I can I can relate to not wanting to uh, just get into a mode where you just don't want to do this. And I was in high school. Yeah. No, same thing. But that's... But I wasn't going to Antarctica. No, but that's the point, right? Re, again, yes. <laughs> right. The whole thing that people right. are going to get caught up on is the fact that it's Antarctica. It's Antarctica because that's exciting. It wouldn't be exciting if this was, you know, just another, oh, let's go out of town, you know, because in Japan, that's like a huge thing. You leave Tokyo or you go to Tokyo if you're from somewhere out, out far in the country. It's like, you're literally... <laughs> you left your prefect. You left your prefecture? Yeah, <gasps> it's like, that's a shock, right? <laughs> just kind of just to spark that, like, real sense of, like, adventure. It's like... We're not just going to Tokyo or outside of Tokyo. We're going outside of Japan. Hell, in order to get to Antarctica, they have to first get to Australia. <laughs> right? So it's like, it's kind, it's kind of Oh, that. the country with one of the most strictest immigration policies <laughs> oh, ever? Gonna, yeah, that, that won't... They're that won't not going to end poorly. They're not going to emigrate. Yeah, they don't want to leave there, JD. <laughs> they're not going to fucking emigrate to Australia. To flee they're going to travel there. The, the boat they need to take to, to get to Antarctica only loads people on Australia. So they need to go to Australia in order to get to the boat. Yeah. They would have to enter the country, though. They would. But it's not that difficult to enter the country. It's difficult to live there. <laughs> I don't know. There's a bunch of cults there. Yeah, still. <laughs> yeah, as long as you don't cults. try to... I'm sure, I'm sure that they're going to experience that when they get to Australia. I hope so. That'd be funny. You can get on this. You can get on this boat, but you're gonna have to praise Jesus. Ah. <laughs> uh, anyways, let's move along. JD, what's your next? Ah. Uh, all right. Oh, it is my turn, isn't yep. it? It is. Hooray! All right. So I am gonna give my impression over the anime Kokoku. Oh God. <laughs> moment by moment is what it translates to. So you up for this? You up for this? Okay. So I was a little hesitant. Uh, that's why it wasn't in my uh, my one of my hype shows of the season. It was on the Super Anime Super Shows. 
hyped. But it was at the bottom of theirs as well. It is about a, uh, I think she's 22-year-old uh, woman. She's uh, kind of fresh out of college looking for a job. And it's about her and her family. And they have this connection to a certain stone that can essentially freeze time. But whoever is involved with the like unlocking the stone's ability uh, can move around freely. So they call this they call this uh, this moment stasis. You can move around in in this stasis world. Uh, where this comes into play is her uh, nephew and her brother. And her brother is like this deadbeat 24-year-old. He just plays video games all day. He's like, oh, work, job, nah. He's, he's essentially me right now. <laughs> just unemployed and can't really do much. Uh, these kidnappers um, get him and the kid and they want, and they, they uh, call the family and they want a ransom. Well, so then the grandfather's like, hold on. So the grandfather, the father, and our main character, Girl, they go into Stasis World to try and save them. Upon getting to where the kidnappers said to meet, uh, and they're trying to save them, they realize that they're not the only ones in this Stasis World. And they're the kidnappers. They're the, uh, they're part of the, it's essentially this, uh, this, they've, the kidnappers are part of this religious cult. So, ha ha ha. Ah, I unintentionally did a segue there into this. Cool. I'm so proud of myself, Tori. You proud of me? No. Ah, damn it. How I will make you proud of me someday. Though? If Senpai was here, I'd hope he'd notice me. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, uh, they kind of freak out, and the, the grandfather has this sort of teleportation ability, and he, even, even he doesn't quite know how it works. Because he can, he can only transport short distances. Um, so when they're when they're trying to escape the kidnappers, two things happen. Uh, the grandfather's slowly explaining like what he understands of the stasis world, like what his grandfather told him, how it works, what's in this world, what you can do in the world. So, for example, describing the teleportation ability, he goes, "Honestly, I don't know how it works. I just imagine myself over." to point X, and I'm there. So, it seems like you can do whatever you want as long as it's a product of the mind, but it also has to, as when the kidnappers are, like, looking for him and they're having their little cult powwow, uh, they're kind of explaining certain things on their end as well, like, oh, it must be in that family's bloodline, so we need their stone. The, fa- the the grandfather is also explaining things like they shouldn't be in this world because the stasis stone freezes a single moment, second, millisecond in time. They would have had to, like by his understanding, use the stone at that exact same moment. So it's pr- it's the, the second thing going on is if you tend to do wrong or want to hurt someone... Not it, so. If someone's frozen in stasis and you want to hurt them, there's this creature in the stasis world that will prevent you from doing that. Supposedly, it's the family's ancestors that stayed in the world too long or did something wrong in it. 
and they don't so there's a lot of rules to the world and we don't know what those rules are the characters only know a couple of the rules so it seems like it's going to be an anime of the cult trying to get them and the family understanding more about this world of stasis and what they can do in it uh i'm intrigued it's one of my favorite of the season so far and i'm very hyped for the rest for the, for what's to come okay yeah sounds boring sure. okay. <laughs> <laughs> ah, i'm joking it, it, uh, it, it has a good there, there's it has a, yeah i mean that's a good intro Unusual characters as I'm, well. I'm very, I'm very intrigued. I'm very intrigued on it. There, there's quite a, there's quite a bit of exposition, but it's presented in, it's presented in a much better way than normal. It, instead of just still screens panning and them talking, they're, they're like on their way to the next destination. It shows them walking around the town trying to escape the kidnappers. Uh, so they're, they're sneaking like into buildings, like. Uh, they're running away and they take a breather and they're like, all right, what's going on? Like grandfather. And he's like, I don't know. Um, let, let's talk this out for a second and then make our next move. So like all the decisions do make sense in, in their moment in times. It's I, I'm, I, I don't really have any problem with it. So, you far know what it reminds all. me of? It reminds me Go on. that I want more horse like Inokuni. <laughs> why do you want to trigger me? Just uh, out of you... nowhere, out of nowhere. You know? Why? Why? I was this in Tori, I was in such a, a good mood talking about an anime that I'm enjoying, and you bring up something that brings me post-traumatic geological stress disorder. <laughs> I don't know, man. You've been cl- you've been complaining to me every time now that I haven't mentioned it, so I needed a I needed an Well, excuse. I'm so shocked, but why? Why? Why now? Why? Why must you? Why because must you do this to me? It needs to be like unexpected. It. Yep. It needs to be unexpected. It's not funny if you expect it. There, there, was, there, there was a tremor in my heart when you said it, and it, and it made my, it, it felt oh. like an 8.0 on the Richter scale just hit me so hard <laughs> of negativity immediately. It was just, just shocks to my brain. Yeah, no. Just, just repair oh, with some gold alloy. You'll be fine. Uh, <laughs> uh, 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 is great. Everyone, I'm just gonna, you can watch I'm just it. gonna take a deep <laughs> breath and sip my coffee. Uh, anyway, uh, I'm gonna sip my turn now. I'm gonna talk about a little bit about Overlord too. Again, yeah, this is the second season. Second season of Overlord. Second, uh, Overlord. Overlord was a very good series from some some years ago. If you haven't watched, you should go watch. If you like fantasy. Uh, without a lot of spoilers, they settled out the the Nazarek tomb, and now they're going to war. So it's it 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 was basically the uh, the first two episodes were basically showing the factions on, of the world. Uh, you have a theocracy. This is all from the first season. You have a theocracy. You have a kingdom, and you have some lizard people, and they're going to war. Also, there are spoilers on the openings and endings. And I would avoid that as much as possible. Although they're good. They're not as good as the first ones, but they're still good. Yes. You guys are you guys are hyped to watch Overlord season two? Oh yeah. Nope. Not me. Oh man. I love Why? Overlord What is your one. problem? Cause I wa I got watched the first few episodes of the first season, I wasn't into it. Wow, JD has bad taste. Oh. Okay, going to Twitter news, now. News. At Tori. Everyone. <laughs> 
Tory extra procs. All right, go on, Hickey. It's fine. I'm just writing angry Twitter things to Tory. Uh, I'm Twitter most, JD. Uh, I no, I I'm just so like. Oh, I still like Scrub Amonga. Scrub Amonga is still very good. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm interesting to see. I'm interesting to see two spoilers that that were in the fucking opening and and ending, man. Like it, it, it kind of spoiled the fun of the show. Uh, basically, nah, nah. That, in the opening, I guess it's not a spoiler if, if it's in the fucking opening. There's one subordinate of of Momonga or Aizumgo that appears in the opening fighting against him using a mask. So I really want to see why of that. In the ending, uh, there is a princess that appears in the in the first episode. She she you know she looks like. That innocent girl, and when you have an innocent girl, she might in a in a serious show like that. She will be one of the three things. She'll be innocent, and you know she might die. She's gonna be a crazy bitch, or she's not gonna be a crazy bitch, but she's gonna betray someone. And by the ending, looks like she's gonna be the crazy bitch. So I wanna watch it. I, I I'm really excited to see that happening. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a, I know the thing I, I I have a problem well not so much a problem but I I don't I'm not particularly fond of the start of Overlord of uh, of like the second season of Overlord I don't really care that much about these lizard people or these crocodile people I I could do without that you don't you don't like the little lizard woman <laughs> she no nah, I she's fine but like I suppose oh. it's like I I'm not really here for them you know. Yeah, I know, but like it is setting up the world, and you know, if if they started the second season setting up the world, it's, it means that we're gonna see some war going down, and some some heavy stuff. So yeah, that's why I'm looking forward. It's good that they are getting over the the build now at the beginning. Like it is already the second season. You go watch the first season, then you go right into the sec. Uh, you watch the first season, you go right into the the second season, and you're gonna get the world build. World build is done. Let's go to the action again, which is I think I think it's kind of better for a second season than the mix the mix of action and world build from the first season, in that aspect, in that regard. Of course, I you know it's it's a little bit uh, less good. Not worse. I won't say worse because the worse is is a way strong word. Less good than the first season, yeah. Uh, but still, they're getting rid of the the world build now, so they can focus on the action and adventure later, which is good. I hope so. Uh, yeah. Well then, then it's my turn again, and I'm going to be talking about. I'm also going to be talking about second season, and I'm going to be talking about Dagashi Kashi Two. Uh. Now, Dagashi Kashi is, for those that remember the first season, it's a show about uh, a guy called uh, Coconuts, or Kokonotsu, who... Uh, a lot of sequels this season. Yep. He's the, he's the son, uh, like, or he lives in a candy store, like his dad owns a candy store. And uh, one day, Coconuts is going to take over that candy store. Well, he doesn't actually want to take over the candy store. Uh, and in comes one day the rich girl, uh, a rich girl, and she is her name is Hotaru. She wants to re- she wants to uh, hire Coconut's da- Coconut's dad <laughs> for uh, her company. So she's kind of trying to hurry along the uh, succession here, and uh, let the fun begin. Isn't this a is this a short 
This season is this season? yes. This season is eight. Well, a short and short. It's twelve minutes an episode, so it's not super short, but it is. Uh, uh, okay, it's, so half, it's half. Yeah, half. Uh, okay. And I know I like that a lot more. Honestly, I like that it's shorter because I like. I well, I, I thought the second season's biggest. Pro- well, the first season's biggest problem was that uh, the like the jokes they kind of they they compounded and lost their. Lost yeah, how fresh they, they had, were after a well, while. Not that they had to stretch them out to fill like in, to fill an entire episode, right. because they didn't put that much that much content into a lot of episodes. So they kind of ended up a lot of stuff just ended up hanging around for way too long for it to be funny, in my opinion. In this uh, second season, they decided they opted for twelve minutes, which for some things can feel a little bit short, but for the jokes, it makes sense because the jokes are now m- way more snappy. Like they kind of just like, oh look. And the jokes obviously surround uh, like uh, the the jokes are all about that's Japanese in, that's candy. that's actually pretty interesting. That's a that's an interesting concept. I see that with uh, I'm seeing something like that with March comes in like a line with um, how they differentiate between each chapter. Like they'll do, if if a chapter takes two episodes, they'll they'll take two episodes. If it takes five minutes, they'll take five minutes. So it seems like this. Uh, uh, breaking from the norm of a chapter or a volume or what have you has to be the set amount of time. Eh. Yeah. So this this shorter the shorter version, like maybe maybe if it, if it, maybe if that first season was like twelve minute episodes, I would have been more into it. Who knows? It does because the jokes would have had staying power. And yeah. Whatnot. But I mean, it's not it's not like it's a strict positive that it's twelve minutes, but. Um, mm-hmm. I think, like, it definitely helps the comedy along. And the comedy is a big portion of this, because, again, we're essentially talking about a show that is about Japanese candy. That usually just ends sure. up about, you know, Hotaru showing up at the store, and she's, like, ex- fucking exploring the candy of the week, almost. Uh, and they make, they make jokes around uh, jokes around it, and it's funny. I like Hotaru. I also like, uh, I also like Sayaka. I like her more, actually, the coffee girl. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she's best girl. I like her things. Also, a man, a man of good taste. Of the, what do you think of the new character designs? Uh, yeah, that's a big controversy because they did you know, like uh, the second season is no longer done by I think it was Field that did the first season. Uh, this time it's Tesco Production, and they changed the uh, character designs. Now some people don't like it. Uh, I personally don't have a problem with the designs of the first season, but I don't have a problem with the, these designs either. From what I understand, they're closer to what what they look like in the manga, which you know mm-hmm. makes sense. And uh, they don't look that bad, honestly. Sure, there are times where they... Like, I noticed in the... Uh, I think it was the second episode. Like, Sayaka's ears at certain times looks a, looked a bit big, bigger than they needed to and whatnot. Like, there are certain clunky uh, things going on there. But, that, like... I would say that's not necessarily down to the designs. That's just down to somebody, you know... Mm. Or, like, somebody trying to do their job very fast. Or, like, move on to something else. So they didn't really check that too well but you know that's that's speculation so you're kind of under the impression why not like both <laughs> essentially like there's nothing there's nothing about those uh, those designs for the second season that is that like they're different they're definitely different but it i don't know it doesn't make sense to me to like go just because they're different doesn't necessarily mean that it's bad yeah essentially yeah uh, I'm not. I'm not in a mindset of like, oh, I I like this, so therefore nothing can change, 
I, no, that that I mean that that argument is heavily what we're gonna yeah we c- definitely experience when uh, Legend of the Galactic Heroes comes out again with yeah I was just about to say the that. pretty bo- the the pretty eighties boys now being translated to pretty twenty eighteen boys yeah that's that's kind of what I was gonna say as well right because that especially if you go on like sites like 4chan and whatnot you'll have noticed that a lot of people there are up in arms about the changes to the uh, to the design and how now they look like they're out of some fucking show shoujo like a yaoi it's like and they didn't before <laughs> they, they were pretty boys back in the 80s they're still pretty boys now <laughs> damn right they are <laughs> I, just, I, just, I, I, I don't know i can't i can't get on board with that uh, that type of fandom where it's like like i sure i understand like i'm not i'm not sitting there saying like you shouldn't prefer one style over the other like I obviously there are th- things that I like better about the designs of the first season and the second season. I like Hotaru's hair better, like hair color better in the first season than I do in the second season. But like, there are there are things like that. But it doesn't it doesn't mean like oh, because these are not the same. Now I hate this. And, and it makes sense. It's a different studio. They have different you know, different people working on it. Different ways of doing the stuff. Yeah. Okay. My last impression is over the Junji Ito collection. A show that's getting a lot of negativity, actually. Shock. I don't think it's and I don't think it's warranted. No, it's not a great show by any means. It's not gonna take the world by storm. I think Kokaku's much better. <laughs> However, uh, coming from a person who has the three hardback covers of uh, Junji Ito. Uh, this is an anime focused on a lot of his short stories. Uh, it's it's I don't know a lot of background over him but to my understanding it's he does have a collection of short stories that just weren't either long enough or warranted a uh, a volume of, of their own uh so each episode has one two or even three kind of his short stories and the way the the presentation is very it's very japanese horror is the best way I can describe it. What that means is it's filled with moments to make you uncomfortable and uneasy. And Ito has this thing about bringing this element of comedy to his to his type of horror. It's a lot of Japanese horror focuses on the grotesque as well. So every episode always seems to at least end or decrypt a a person becoming kind of a skeletal figure of themselves based on the fear that that person is going through. So you'll see that, like, their che- their cheekbones start to the show because the person's clearly not eating enough. Um, just things to make you uneasy. Uh, not really much to, to say other than that. Um, obviously, there's going to be certain short stories that are better than others. Maybe some won't really vibe with you. I mean, a lot of people seem to be negative on the very first one that focused on a, uh, kind of this kooky teenager who <laughs> wanted to curse everybody. Well, it was fun. Have you guys watched any of Jun- yeah, uh, Junji Ito I, I yet? Watched, yeah. I, I have to watch episode three. Uh, but yeah, watch it episode one and two. I like, I like the first story. It was very funny. You know, it, it it's Junji Ito. Junji Ito, although he's considered a horror uh, writer, but I guess it's more psychological horror than 
in the actual horror. Well, yeah, that's that's what Japanese horror tends to be is is focusing on the mind, uh, bringing fear over than say what we in the West know more associate horror with say jump scares. Yeah, that's what that's what I see it as. Or or the uh, a real horror movie would be the exorcist or something that's not that's not what we're we're gonna get here yeah what we do what we do get is a pretty boy uh at a at a an intersection crossroads because a lot of high school kids have rumors over something being haunted oh you want your you want to know if your love life is going to work out okay well i heard this rumor that a pretty boy will 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 see into your love life future well they go. They go to the crossroads. Pretty boys like your love will never be. Uh, you will. You will never have the love you want. And then the girl devastated uh, has a, like a fixation in her head. Oh well, if I'm never gonna have the love of my life, then there's no sense in living anymore. You know, that that whole episode kind of made me like. I don't know. I was not a fan of that episode. I'm not. I'm one of those people who aren't really a fan of the show in general. Uh, and all, all I can think of watching that is like this is such like a this is so Japanese horror because it's, this is such like a depiction of Japanese Japanese society like how people in Japan are because the whole fact is like to me all I can get from this is this is like horror based on the fact that you get to you talk to some random stranger in the fucking intersection Telling you that your love love life will never pan out, which it won't for most people in Japan, because this is Japan, and uh, <laughs> as such, they kill them. They kill themselves. Like, it's one of those like weird. I don't know. I almost wouldn't say like taboos in, in Japan. <laughs> yeah, you got you gotta you gotta kind of put yourself. You're, you gotta put yourself mentally in their shoes, which I kind of like. Like to. For us Westerners, this is definitely more of a comedy, if anything. And I find myself laughing every episode because I find it hilarious. Like, a little six-year-old goes to an intersection and a woman goes, Well, I cheated on this guy and I'm going to have his baby too. Will I realize both my loves? And the little kid's like, I don't fucking care. Get away from me. And then she kills herself because he told her so. Yeah, nah. I don't know. I find it it hilarious. We had one very Western-like. Which was the the movie, the movie one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah that was very very western. Going yeah, going like in the middle of nowhere with this weird woman, and you know all of a sudden she started eating them. Yeah, that is yeah. that is very western. Yeah, it is. Now, like my problem, with, my problem <laughs> though is that I don't know. Like I keep hearing that everybody's like, "Oh, this is this is more like it's not so much scary. It's more about focusing on like kind of having a bit of humor in there and like you know weird Junjito's Jun- weird and whatnot." But like, and you know, it's more about making you uncomfortable. The problem I have, maybe maybe I'm the weird one, but I watch it and I'm neither laughing nor am I uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm just sitting there yeah, staring yeah, like at the screen. I... <laughs> I am the same. I'm all the yeah, laughing. Well, I, yeah, I can totally see that. Yeah. I can totally see that. I think that's where the majority of people are. Um at least from our perspective is you're just kind of just going what what why what is ha- I don't really understand. No, that's not funny. I'm not uncomfortable. It's just weird. Yeah, like the the first one um, of the baby. I I, well. I personally love the 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 character art, the designs, the atmosphere set. I love all of that. The opening uh, and endings are very good as well. 
So no one. I, I don't really have anything. I mean, it's 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 Junji Ito. I don't know what people expected. To me, it's it's being faithful to what he is. I think it's depicting his type of horror exactly the way you want it to. I I I, I sure it could be scarier, but that's that's why these aren't full volumes. Honestly, manga I volumes. I think yeah. most people just. I think most people don't actually know who Junji Ito are, is. I think that's the problem. They probably haven't probably. read any of his stuff, because uh, reading Gyo uh, and Tomi are just bizarre, and uh, Tomi actually makes me feel quite uncomfortable the majority of the time. Um, I stopped reading it before bed, because I was starting to have weird fucking dreams. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> why I, women, that's women why I don't coming watch up to me and saying weird shit, and then I'm becoming fixated on them. <laughs> like... I know, like, so yeah. The bookstore near my house has the Junji Ito collection. I went there. I I read the book, and there's some really really weird stuff coming out. I know. I know for sure that that's not the end. And yeah, it, I'm looking it is, forward to it. It is I'm, very uncomfortable. It is very creepy. That is Japanese horror. This you know, it's, this anime reminds me uh, of one from last year, Waru Salesman. Oh. Yeah, I haven't watched if you, it. If it I, I'm, I'm, I'm like one of the few people that actually watched yes, it. Yes, you are. Uh, yeah. Uh, it reminds me... It, it has an old anime-type feel to it. It's for... It's definitely for a niche audience. It's, it's clearly not for everybody. I'm putting that out there. But I... There is no way I think it's as bad as everyone's saying it is. No, yeah, I guess it's not bad. I guess people are just not used it to... To Japanese horror, they should be used to Japanese horror now, right now. You know, there are actually jump scare mangas out there, uh, but they they won't be they won't be adapted anytime soon. Usually, Japanese horror is out, is either weird, disgusting, or gore, just gore. And give me gore. Yeah, and you kind of you kind of get a mixture of all three with with Ito. Yeah, and comedy. Um, Ito also has the, a lot of comedy on on the things. It's it's a weird comedy for sure. I don't I don't think I've experienced much like it. I mean, the closest I can think of is Kurosagi Corpse Service, but Kurosagi is a straight comedy, and that's why the the horror works in in that because you know they're going for comedy. Kurosa- in Ito, Kurosagi is also uh, social commentary. <laughs> sure. But the 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 mangaka is on record saying like he wanted to bring his type of horror yeah. uh, in in a different light. Yeah, no, I and so it's it's they're almost like yin and yang in Japanese horror comedy. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. No, I, I feel I, like this like this is just me, but I feel like that whole because I see this so much with Japanese horror authors now, they kind of keep like they all say the same thing. I want to bring this like unique horror mixed with comedy twist. But I don't know. To me that's not unique anymore because there are so many that does that. There is like I feel like that's what most like horror authors um, do now. They try like not necessarily in the same way, but they all want to try to find a way to mix humor and like dark humor and uh, and uh, and uh, horror. And I don't know. I feel like most of the time yes. they don't work. Like just look at my just yeah, look okay. at my well, how about, how about this? I was a very good example of dark humor that just doesn't mix with. I mean, I wouldn't even call it horror at all, to be honest. It focuses way too much on the, on the dark humor. 
and that's just like well how about this just 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 one last comment and then we can move on to uh the hickey's last impression is japanese horror anime first of all there isn't a lot of it to to begin with because they they don't sell well so they they're not they're not made which is weird um uh right no but i mean like honestly look at look at japanese a lot of (laughs) a lot well sure but they i mean all right that's a different topic uh uh, to my point (laughs) to my point uh i'm thinking of in the case of shiki where there's a good atmosphere uh good story build up and it always seems to fall flat at one point in time to focus on be it tropes or the wrong thing you know and and at least what you're getting with Ito in the case of Ito is uh consistency closed-ended stories and a consistent uh showcase of his horror mm-hmm. not being filled with say the anime tropes of today as an example yeah. now if you're going to use that example i'm just or i'm just going to immediately say yes i know i agree Junji, like the Junji Ito collection, it's way better than Shiki. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right, and I and the pro, and what's sad is, I think I'm gonna actually I can already tell I'm gonna enjoy Ito more than I enjoyed Shiki. Not to say I didn't enjoy Shiki, I think this is gonna be better. Fun. I will say it. I didn't enjoy Shiki. I think Shiki is a steaming pile of garbage. No, it's a B movie. I think it's a steaming best. pile of garbage, <laughs> even as a B movie. <laughs> uh, the best no. episode was an OVA episode. <laughs> that is sad. And she, anyways, uh, yes. I, I, we we digress. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, like... That's that's my impression over Ito. I thought it was worth talking about, even though, um, even though there are other anime uh, out there I could have discussed, but we can save that for kind of a, a mid-season impression. Sure. I guess uh, I just want to say before going to my that if you want to, uh, if you guys. Are... Who is listening? And you guys, if you if you want a a story that it is actually horror, and you know it, it is Japanese horror, and it feels like horror, doesn't feel like gore, psychological. There's a manga called Ibitsu. Uh, it is very very scary. At least I thought it was very scary. I couldn't sleep after <laughs> reading that. I was I was afraid of going on Japan and meeting a gothic Lolita at night because that shit was creepy. Ibi. Ebeats, Ebeats. 2009. Yeah, it is. Ooh. It is. It is quite a ride. It is. I thought it was scary for manga, uh, and it, it is Japanese horror at at the core, but with this more jump scared, creepy thing chasing you, you can escape. Uh, just Ooh. nightmares and despair going through and through this might be this might be right up my alley yeah this I'm one check it out it is very good not only not only the story but they also have like those uh side stories and like the uh one of them is a stalker like this monster like like stalking the the other one is a mannequin doll factory and it's just bizarre it is just weird holy shit Oh, nice. I'm gonna read that. I'll take again. your word for it. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to look into this. It's only a couple volumes. Yeah, so. it is. It is quick. It's very quick. Yeah, cool. All right, Hickey, what's your what's your last one? Going from Junji to collection, we're going straight on slow start. <laughs> uh, uh, last last guess, I said that 
Uh, from all the cute girls doing cute things of the season, I was hyped for Eurocamp. But slow start, it has two things going on for me. First of all, it got me very concerned. Really, really, really concerned because uh, the characters look very young. Like, very, very, very young. They look <laughs> first year of middle school sometimes. It is, it is concerning me, really. I, I never felt like that. I am highly concerned of the show. But I want, what I want to highlight here is actually the animation because it has one of the best animations, I think, this season. At least one that really that I really like uh, because there's one animator called Kosuke Yoshida working on uh, Slow Start. And he worked on Girls and Ponzos and I really, really like Girls and Ponzos. What he did is his uniqueness as an animator is, is body language. He's good at animating lively and random body language. And each character has a body language that is unique to them. This is this guy, Trey, as, as an animator. So, you know, uh, instead of the character just uh, looking to the side, they're going to bounce, they're going to, you know, mess with the hair, they're going to gesticulate with the with her hands. Oh, and, I really and, like that. Same. Yeah. Okay. That annoys me because I don't, yeah. want, I don't want to watch that show. <laughs> that is, right, I'm, I'm very concerned, but every single episode, like, I know he watched it, like, he watched uh, he worked on episode one and episode three. You can go on on Sakugaburu right now and watch the clips. Yeah. He wore like he he was very good at on Girls and Ponzes. Like I really like one of the the things that makes you enjoy Girls and Ponzes is that the characters move freely. Uh, freely they move freely on screen. They don't. It doesn't look like they're following a part and someone decided to. Uh, they have a, a some some movements they did that looks random. Um, so like yeah, and then they they uh, he was also in Girls and Ponzas the film. He was better, and now he's on Slow Starter, and he's way better than than he was in Girls and Ponzas. So I am excited every single every every single uh, week. I'm excited to watch Slow Start, although it gets me so concerned. But damn, this guy is so good animating, and you know yeah. because of because of his animating, it has the it has the girls and Ponzas vibe all, all through and through. Oh, so like it is even more concerned like that. I had a a talk with Ayu on on our Discord, one of our Discord members, which you can totally, you guys who listen can totally find on our mob page group or through Redleaf Retrocast official Twitter that is just JD's old Twitter. Or you can find a link to <laughs> to join our Discord channel and talk to us more about that kind of stuff. But like I said, it is highly concerned, but I, every single week, I want to watch it because of the animation. Also, there's another animation, uh, there's, there's a lot of, another animator here, uh, that, is the, that is Masato Ano. He's new. He was the character design on uh, Flying Witch. He was the designer of Flying Witch. Oh. He started animating. He was on uh, Bland Ass last season, and now he's working on Slow Start. And he's getting the same trait for a body sense language. A, a sense of pattern. Yeah, he's he's getting the same the same uh, the same thing for body language, and I I think he's he he wastes more more keyframes doing uh, doing the the body language. Uh, Yoshida is more conservative with that, but still the animation is so great. But I I feel like dropping the show. But every single every single week I go back to it because of the animation. So yeah, it, okay, it needs the highlight. You're gonna watch uh, the show. 
You're Sounds gonna like watch you're falling sure. into the Moe trap. Go, mm. go to Sakugaburu. Go to Sakugaburu and look up the animation. I will. Go there. Look, and watch it. Look, we'll 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 get it. We'll get into a certain otaku culture anime. Uh, I feel. I wish anime would present characters with more body language. I mean, coming from a retro cast, uh, we 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 understand that techniques and whatnot were limited back then but you know watching something today you you really instead of focusing on on like the characters how the eyes looks in so much detail i i really wish that it would show characters talking with their hands more maybe um instead of just a, a simple blush on their face it shows them kind of like turning their shoulders and a girl looking down and then messing with her hair a little bit yeah. We don't we don't get a lot of that at all. Another, another good example of that is like you know uh, the Idol Master and Cinderella Girls as well. There's a lot yeah. of that there. Was like yeah, like I said, the, one of the things the, I yeah. like is the uh, like basically you can see the per- their personality through their movements, right? Rather than just you know you don't need to hear them talk or explain every situation to understand what kind of personality they are. You can tell by the way they move, by the way they act, just in front of a camera, for example. Right, it's like okay, right. this this person is like this girl. She's like she's that type of character. <laughs> yeah. Also, how the uh, the the hair the hair is animated on. I don't must and I don't must Cinderella girls. It's just great. God, just looking at that and what you just posted, hey kid. Oh god damn it, it's disgusting. Yeah. Uh, look at the laugh at at this one. Uh, there's a there's a laugh that is just like oh I need to watch this episode now. Uh Sad. No, Sad. I'm, I'm not, Why this no, guy is making nothing. fucking slow start and it's not on like... Oh, I, I almost said that at anime, but... Like, why? Why? Okay. Yeah. Sad. Move on, move okay. on. Or are you gonna just yeah. talk about animation for the rest of the day? No, I, I know, I know, I know. Okay, now it's time for my last one. And my last one is the one that we've all been looking forward to, the one we all want to talk about. It is <laughs> Puppetepipiku, or Pop Team Epic. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Robot chick in the anime. Here nope. it is. Pop Team Epic. Um, Pop uh, Team Epic has coined the popular term in Japan, Kuso anime. Uh, or shit anime, or crap anime. Well, however you however you want to you wanna talk about it. Is that it. a new term? That is a new that's, term. That's happened? Yeah, that is a new term. <laughs> that, is, um, that is Pop Team Epic. And uh, <laughs> All right, I love essentially that. what it is, it's just a bunch of shortcuts or not even not even always shortcuts but it's, it's like it's a it adapts a four panel manga that's basically just a, a bunch of like weird uh, weird like jokes and whatnot really really quick jokes the anime is takes some way more liberties with itself it doesn't necessarily always follow that but it, it does follow the same like comedic formula and it says that's like it's it always tries to be weird whether it's in its references and God, God does it love references to everything whether it's anime games what have you, um, they, yeah, it's it's bizarre, it's hard to describe, realistically I'd say like watch I don't know any anything really you don't even need to watch an episode watch any little gag from that show and you'll get a feel for what it is because it is. It's weird. Oh, it's all over Twitter. It's weird. Yeah. No, it, it is everywhere. Yeah, I mean, and it people, is, it is, people really yeah. like the manga. Like, people yeah. really, really like the manga. The manga is so good as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, people people like the, uh, the manga, and people either like 
or hate the anime. <laughs> it is such a divider. And um, for something we're going to talk about later as well is... Uh, the uh, Well, I'm not going to spoil it, but this guy is also... This guy, who we're going to talk about later, he is also voiced negativity towards Pop Team Epic. To which I'm... I'm not sure if I have a feeling that now, because this makes sense in the last episode of Pop Team Epic, they were responding to fan mail in the show. And I have a feeling like that was in, that was in response to that guy. <laughs> because <laughs> they, they were basically did this gag where it was like they, were, they got a fan letter and it was basically just said, you know, your, uh, your uh, gags or your impressions are, are, are uh, not funny and unoriginal. You should really try best. Try better. You, the fact that you can call yourself professionals is, is a disgrace. And then, you know, the only reaction they do was kind of... Uh, the fucking blonde hair girl, she kind of just, you know, poses and just go... go <laughs> just kind of poses, like, uh, cutely. And it's like, ha, got you! <laughs> uh, but it's like, it's it's so weird. It makes no sense. Like, yeah, also... it's not even... It's a full episode, like, it's a full 20, like 23-minute yeah, episode. But it's not... It's cut in half, yeah. and they have like they have a set of female characters that does the voice for the first half, and then they have like male characters like Norio Wakamoto doing doing the fucking voice of one of the girls. It's, it's so hilarious. I love. I I did I did see that um, someone post on Twitter a uh, a gag, and to the left was Frieza and Cell, and then to the right was the gag. Yeah, and saying. Both voice actors are in both of these things. Yeah. <laughs> nah, I mean, I, I especially like. I think that's. I think like, that's pretty funny. Hey, I think. I know you like. Uh, I know you like the, uh, like female, the female uh, voice actress, or at least Pipi one of me, them. Pipi me, where's Sakura yeah. yeah, I like her. Yeah, she is. Well, she's Dekomori. I gotta. I gotta, I gotta yeah. say though, I actually prefer Norio Wakamoto as her, because quite frankly, even though he's not a girl. Norio Wakamoto is somebody yeah, like, I've yeah, paid attention to for a long time, and that guy is hilarious in his weird ways, in his weird, yeah, I know, old like, man grumpy ways. Like the the first, like the first episode, they they show the the male voice actors first, and and yeah. you have that that police scene, and he's like, "Do you know what you did? Do you know?" <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> like with, with his voice, is just hilarious. With was like a similar yeah. voice, although I really liked you hearing her. Swearing like a like a like a sailor, uh, I think his voice to do to like overreaction that Pippi Me do sometimes, it is funnier. Yeah, like uh, he's just, but he's got like I mean in his in his defense he's got like you know decades of practice doing this. He's been doing these kinds of reactions and just like funny voices and whatnot for years. This yeah, is the first time he's done something like this. Yeah. Like it is fun. What I what I'm doing is that I watch half of the episode, go watch like two episodes of of an anime, and then go back. But like there's a lot of yeah. there's a lot of jokes I really like. Uh, in the sec, like we had the the idol episode last 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 episode was an idol <laughs> episode, and like yeah. you see Pippi me using a M Bison uh, outfit at the end of the episode. Yeah. You had a lot of you had the the French guy, the French animator guy. Uh, yeah. doing doing animation of Pippi Me and the other girl. I forgot her name. Ah, yeah, I don't, what I don't is... remember. God damn. Uh, they go into French and you know, uh, talking Isn't French. Isn't it just Poppy and Pumi or something? Something like that, yeah. Pop, yeah. Pop, Pop, yeah. Pop, 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 Pippi Me or something. Something like that. 
and like it is fun they had like they had a lot of different types of animation uh so far that is also interesting yeah i think i think the fact that the, the episode goes twice it, it's a little bit bad in my opinion i can agree course. with that like i understand still, why you, you do it but it's like it's it's some it's one of those things which like because they have different voice actors it's about the different del deliveries of the jokes the problem there is obviously at least for a lot of us uh, for a lot of us western people we don't understand japanese so we only read the uh the subtitles like we can hear but we don't really we can't really we don't really appreciate the different delivery deliveries as much as you know a japanese yeah. person would i mean they they change some stuff like when Slightly. the french guy is on on screen <laughs> When the French guy is on screen, the first time he appears, like in the first half of the episode, there, there are no subtitles. Yeah. In the second part of the episode, there are subtitles. So they're like, do you want to know what they did? Do you, know, you want to know what, what uh, the main characters were speaking in French? Well, yeah. you either know French like I do, or you, you go and, you know, go to the part of the episode where the, the second half to get there. Yeah, that's one of the yeah. things I don't like. That's, that's more Crunchyroll, though, but I feel like... I feel like they do that because they want you to watch the entire thing. That's why they. I feel like that's why yeah, they like, don't. This, stop like it the for first example, time. the second episode, they they had like the the summon, uh, they summon the main characters in another anime, and yeah. they're like, do some impressions to me, and in like in the first time, uh, the voice actors actually you have the live footage of the voice actors and like the voice actor and the voice actors, and they just quit. In the second yeah. one, in the second one, they just start freaking out. <laughs> Like, oh, I, I love when they... this with, with the pressure, you know, and it's funny. I love, I love it, I love funny, it when they start. I love it when they start it is not bullying the producer. <laughs> yeah. And the second one, when they just start bullying it, they just take his glass and then start throwing it over. Said like, "Nah, you can't get him. You can't get him." <laughs> yeah, but it, it's uh, like it is not worth. Seriously, it is yeah. not worth. So what I'm doing, like I said, is watch half of episode, go watch another thing, go play some games, then go back and watch the other half. I still need to watch the the second half of the last episode, actually. Now that I remember, it's not really worth it. But I don't know. I I still like the show. I think it's funny. I agree that I think that it. I don't. I don't think it's worth it that they should do it twice. But you know what? It's fine. I can. I can deal with it. I like the show. I don't care if it makes me a crappy person. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Only Hoseki no Kuni will do that to you. Ah, uh, Hoseki no Kuni is a great show. Shut up. <laughs> Agreed. See? I hate you both. <laughs> Who thinks Hoseki no Kuni is a good show? Wolf. Raise your hand. <laughs> Me. Rabble, rabble, rabble. Okay, so moving on. Those were those were our winter impressions. Uh, please let us know what you thought of them in the comments, whether it be on the YouTube page of Moose and Spiel, or leave us a five-star review on iTunes or Google Play. We need those reviews to come in, Or guys. any review. Uh... <laughs> Inquisition uh, Dawn. I do have some news, though. We are no longer going to be sponsored by David's Tea due to my terrible bowling the last few months. God damn it, JD. <laughs> yeah. So, eh, sponsors come and go. But that's okay. I'm still drinking them. The sp the now, are... what... <laughs> well... <laughs> hopefully I can get, a, get another one uh, when I start bowling well. Anyways. Moving on, there was a bit of a Twitter war that happened between Yuasa and a digital influencer. Influencer, yes. Influencer. influencer. And for those that don't know, such as myself, <laughs> I had to look up what you guys meant. 
It's apparently a uh, digital marketing scheme. Yep. Yeah. So it's a person that just goes on goes online and p- kind of pokes at the bear. Well, that's his whole. Not really. It's a it's somebody with it's, online it's, influence. It's marketing it's, to get it's, it's marketing really, to like, get get something out of someone. Like it's like a digital influencer is basically on your time. You know when you when you when you were young, you you would buy a magazine and you see like this awesome dude wearing a a suit and going out on a I don't know a Mustang and like man I want to be like that guy you know that type of person so like the digital well, influencer, a, it is like oh be... they they go they go to a place for example a like you'd be a you'd see a restaurant review and you see oh shit this guy's eating on this place it, it, not from a not a from a a critic a just not just a person he goes to to a restaurant makes a review and you go oh you know you know what I trust this person. I, well, I not to get not to get into the, a little bit the like semantics this of a lot of a lot of things. It's different advertising techniques using different media. Not like, like not, not like point. that. You are you are advertising your style, your lifestyle, basically. Then you're influencing people to follow your lifestyle. What we are doing here, if if we start to to make people go watch the anime, we are saying them to watch. We are influencing their life, their lifestyle and their choices. So we're gonna we are gonna be influencers since we're going since we're doing that through the internet we are digital influencers that is basically it. right okay so basically uh, actually Tori you're you're the most familiar with this I feel all right the story okay uh, why don't why don't you why don't you describe the events that that preceded uh, yes okay so a guy on Twitter named Yohei Kur- Kurose this is the influencer. He's an artist, art critic, and anime critic. And uh, what happened was he got in an argument with the Devilman Crybaby director, Masaki Iwasa, over his dislike of Devilman Crybaby. Because um, Kurose, who was also previously criticized Pop Team Epic, he went on Twitter and basically like uh, voiced his, uh, his lack of appreciation for Devilman Crybaby. He feels like Iwasa is trying to make an international level anime or as he calls it a subculture anime which makes no sense uh, because as he explained later to him subculture anime means widely popular anime whereas he he himself advocates more for otaku anime which is niche anime and I think he gets that kind of backwards but you know all right let's just go with let's just go with his Essentially, he means de- we we could we could have we could have a very long-winded argument on yeah. on what what actually constitutes subculture and, and international culture and and what is meant by you know uh, what he means by otaku. Does that pertain to only the niche anime fandom in Japan and then everything else is a subculture of internet? You know, there's there's a whole there's a whole argument to be made there. But let's focus on uh, Yuasa and this yes. in this douchebag. Essentially, so just to just to kind of you know, Yuasa hey, is also a douchebag. Yuasa is a douchebag, but I like that guy. <laughs> yeah, I like him. <laughs> I like him as well. <laughs> but okay, what like uh, just to kind of make it simple? Essentially, he feels like. Otaku, like, um, what he means is Devilman is an anime made for the people of an inter- like for an international fan base for as many people to enjoy as possible whereas he feels like anime should be kind of showcasing Japanese culture and he feels like, you know, Devilman doesn't do that. So he kind of goes out to goes out on Twitter and talks about 
how he doesn't appreciate the, appreciate the direction, the animation, or like lay, layout, writing. He feels like it's all bad. It's all poorly done, and he kind of goes in. Yuasa, he hears this and essentially just replies uh, wrong. So they get into a bit of a back and forth. <laughs> uh, the uh, I have the I have the quote in front of me. No, sure. you. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> you're you're free to say whatever opinion you like. I don't intend to f- to find fault with the opinion of regular people. Oh, that one, yeah. But be that as it may, if it's someone close to my own acquaintances, I'll object. Yeah. Since they have no cause to needlessly insult people who I think are doing a good job. I have no reason to be silent. Yeah. Essentially, he's attacking this guy because he's attacking his friends. Like, you also attacking this man because he's, he feels like he's attacking his yeah. friends. That's also, essentially where yeah. where this goes. Yeah. Um, he also is a very straightforward guy. If yeah. you insult him, he's not going to give a fuck. But if if you start to insult people that, you know, work with him, uh, he's going to get salty and rage at you sometimes <laughs> yeah i like that about i like that about him though he's honest yeah we need, we need more people like that <laughs> he doesn't seem very japanese quote unquote to um me. if you've ever seen an interview with him a live interview you'll realize that he's very japanese he's not okay. the most socially apt person either but he's uh like he's he's kind of awkward yeah but japanese people <laughs> aren't confrontational. no they aren't they, what, like... they aren't i know and he is different in that way but I feel like again, I feel like that's that's important to mention that he's like he's not he does like he's not the uh, he doesn't have the same social skills as a lot of other people do, and I feel like that's why he is confrontational because in Japan you're taught you learn not to be confrontational. He's clearly right. never learned this. <laughs> so he has no problem going after people. Uh, so yeah, well, essentially this is kind of just you know they had their back and forth, they had their argument, and it essentially. Resolved with uh, Kurose eventually just saying, uh, I, I'm i sorry for my words. Like, I'm sorry for... Uh, uh, I have it in front of okay. me. Say, <laughs> Say the quote. All right. Uh, I apologize for an unproductive confrontation and said he's reflecting on the situation now. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it ended you in the win again. way it could. <laughs> but, uh, no, no, like, it's... It's interesting because, again, this is a this is kind of an old Japanese war that's been going on since like the early '90s, really, and that is the idea of Japanese culture versus international culture, because there's always been a divide there, uh, because a lot of a lot of uh, Japanese direct a lot of like Japanese anime directors are inspired by Western movies, and uh, or Western directors. But there's a whole group of Japanese people that don't appreciate that because they feel like their culture gets lost in a more in like in a media trying to pertain more to an international audience. So that's kind of well. It's funny. It's funny you bring that up because of the countries I've lived in. I imagine Japan might be similar in this, uh, such as in Germany and Canada. Um, in terms of media, there's there's laws in place for there to be a limit of how much outside influence uh, and and outside media to be shown in said country. So, like, that's why, for example, Canadian Netflix uh, doesn't have the abundance of shows that American Netflix have. They want, they want to put more... They want to use their own products and culture... Uh, to promote more shows and and kind of their own environment as well, and Germany was very much the same way in that. Um, 
movie channels, for example, uh, late at night would show maybe one American movie, and then after that would show a German-made movie. Okay. You know, you, 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 they didn't want to just show two American movies, because then they would be losing out on their culture, is, is the feel. And I, 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 can, I can only speculate, but I imagine I'm quite accurate with Japan being very much the same way in that you don't want to bring uh, bring in too much outside influence other to to the fear that you'll lose your your own identity your own culture your own subculture i mean it makes sense remember japan originally didn't even want to open its borders to to the world until the u.s forced them right (laughs) so it's uh yeah no or the or the dutch broke in no but I, i can understand like it is it is one of those things like i do understand the one you want to the whole like you want to preserve your own culture the reason why I feel like this uh, anime is critic, Norway like that or Brazil? Norway isn't so much like that uh, anymore. I I don't think there's a law because if if you do a law like that, it's gonna be censorship. And mm-hmm. there's a thing called constitution that says censorship is bad and you shouldn't censor stuff. But I think well, it's not so much censor as no. I think like, it's instead gonna, of paying it, it'll be, a lot. So so you know, here's, here's a great like, example. You shouldn't you shouldn't take away the chance of people to compete you know and if if americans movies are better well sucks to be a brazilian movie maker (laughs) you know but like i think the the best example i i have seen is in the case of because i i had to look into this was why hbo canada doesn't have the sopranos or game of thrones and that came down to how much it would cost them to have the license for those two shows like Canada would only have the would have a cheaper licensing right to have HBO if they didn't include those two shows so that freed up a lot of money for then HBO Canada to create or put in shows of their own so it kind of worked in both ways there yeah so no, like... in the case of Brazil then maybe you may see it as censorship, but the Canadians did not. You know, we have we have Brazilian series, we have Brazilian movies, and they compare just uh, as together with American, French, Germans, Canadians, everyone. Right. I think there are rules uh, from the like communication ministry, something like that. Culture ministry you have a a culture ministry, and, and you know, he deals with stuff. It, right. They, they probably have some rules. It's not a law. You know, it's not it's not a law, but it's rules. They probably have. All rules. right, uh, I may have misspoke with the law part, but there there are aspects in place. Well, the rules, but yeah, no. But the point I wanted to make was, I feel like, like while I understand all you wanting to protect your own culture, because there is obviously like there are many cries about this, as even here, like even in Norway, where it's like, how much should we allow influences from others? Uh, because we lo- yes. we lose our own identity if we just try to become like everyone else. Um, yeah, Norway doesn't want to be Sweden too, right? Well, we're not even trying to be Sweden. We're mo- we're trying to be American. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, but <laughs> trying to be Denmark so you can qualify for the World no. Cup. Uh, <laughs> but uh, what I feel like, especially with this guy here, here like this uh, anime critic, I feel like he kind of misses the point because to me it's not even so much about like a whole. The whole culture thing it's it seems to me like this is to put it as bluntly as i can it seems to be about but my moe girls 
Yeah. <laughs> Worshipping little words, girls. Yeah. Not like <sighs> what I see is that he uses terms. You know, he uses otaku anime and stylish subculture, but he never explained what. You know, no, what makes a show Japanese. He doesn't explain why a show uh it what makes a show stylish subculture. So we're gonna have for example, another another uh, another yeah, work of Yuasa. Yeah, because all he said was all he all he explained was um, subculture anime has a greater chance of succeeding internationally than otaku anime that's focused on succeeding in Japan. Yeah, but what is a subculture? But he doesn't say what kind anime. of anime so, that actually. Yeah, like is. does does it mean that at some point an anime gets so uh, so popular that it becomes a subculture anime? That's gonna be that's gonna be Full Metal Alchemist. That's gonna be Gotchu's Gotchu Walsami Deska. Gotchu Walsami Deska is very popular out of Japan. It is very popular in Japan, and it it is also very popular outside Japan. You know, you know, uh, kind of like a comic kill being popular in Germany. So like, what qualifies? Like he happen. doesn't. He doesn't does say that, that. Does that now make it a subculture? Yeah, he doesn't say that when he doesn't explain why. What are the the qualifications of a otaku anime and a stylish subculture anime, it loses strength in his argument. And like we can get mm-hmm. Tatami Galaxy from Yuasa. Tatami Galaxy is not very popular like outside of Japan. And it, it has the same style of Devil Man. With yeah. so like does that mean it is an otaku, it's an otaku anime because it's not popular outside, although it, it is the same style as the stylish subculture one. Just yeah, because it nah. has less boobs and high, high violence. Like, you know, he doesn't you know, explain. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go le- a bit left field here. I think this guy is more upset that an American company, he won't come out and say it directly. But I think he's more upset that Netflix, an American company, is the one that produced this. And may, Probably. Like, I mean, that kind, see instead that of a Japanese that company. needs yeah, to we... update a little bit then. Because, I mean, we have not just Netflix, but we have Crunchyroll, we have Billy Billy, we have a whole bunch of interna- international investors and producers now in Japan, so... Yeah, like... Well, I think, I think, I think that's, the, that's the problem this guy's actually talking about. Is It's not so much the style and the writing, it's so much that... And of course, I'm speculating. Yeah, like he was talking. Uh, based he was on talking. What this, what this guy's thinking. I don't. Yeah, he was talking. Uh, he was talking. That... But with Netflix taking over, I think he's afraid that now, now anime is going to be made for more a more international audience because of this. Yeah, I don't. I, I, I don't like us in the West only see that as a good thing because that means we're going to get more. We're going to get more variety. Like I don't. People are going to start taking more risks on different things. Yeah. To to answer your question, we are going to. We just need to wait. Like like we mentioned some episodes before, Netflix is, is gonna pop out thirty new shows, thirty like thirty exclusive anime. That's only gonna be on Netflix. We're gonna have Be the Beginning. I think Be the Beginning is going on TV as well. But we're gonna have Project Ico, and Project Ico is Netflix only. Now we just wait and see if he's gonna talk. If he's gonna say that Project Ico is also bad, you know. And if he says it's bad, then it's a confirmation that. Yeah, what he's saying is that he doesn't like Foragnus messing up with anime studios. Yeah, 
No, that yeah, we should definitely pay attention to that. See if my my theory is right on that. Um, cause yeah, cause as you said, Hickey, this the Yuasa's style is not. It's anything. It's it's it is unique. Is the best description I can I can say. Yeah, true. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's 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 one of his own. Mm-hmm. No one else has it. It's almost like uh, uh, man, well. How do you how do you like simple simple things like um, showcasing Devilman running on the track? Mm-hmm. It's so bizarre, and it and it and uh, uh, instead of a screen panning, it shows characters sliding across yeah, the screen like, like they're on a they're on a typewriter. I don't, like, like it's just certain how, techniques how, like how that. How the whole so anime was made in flash. You know, yeah, it it's flash animation. Yeah, uh, the is... thing is, I. <laughs> I agree with you, but one of the, that's one of the things that I like about about Yuasa because Yuasa he very much believes in the principle that where a lot of people would like to say that they wish it was more realistic, but Yuasa doesn't want to be bound by realism when it comes to animation because animation isn't bound by realism. You don't have to follow real real life rules when it comes to a- animation. You can do whatever right. the fuck you want, <laughs> as long as you can draw it and make it move. <laughs> doesn't have to follow the laws of <laughs> and physics. He can. And he certainly can. Yeah. Uh, it takes a lot of people off yeah, guard, just, though. Just because, just because something's not in the norm of what you see, uh, first of all, it doesn't make it bad. And second of all, it doesn't automatically make it good either. It's 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 up to you, the viewer, on first of all if you like it, and then then you then you can look at it critically. Because I saw people on Twitter going. Devil Man's animated like shit, and I go, "What the hell are you yeah. talking about?" <laughs> like the, the po- important note there, note there, just says like, it's not about being bad or good. It's about the fact that it's a stylistic choice. Somebody chose to make this. It didn't accidentally turn out like this. You also chose to make it this way. Whether or not you like it or don't like it, that's that's up to you. But like, you can't take away this guy's choice to make it like this. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's that's a much better way to yeah. put it. Good job, Tori. Yeah. Good job. And uh, if you do want to wait and see what this guy has to say, you do want to follow him on Twitter. Uh, this guy's Twitter is uh, Kaichu, or K-A-I-C-H-O-O. So you, he tweets in Japanese. So Yeah. Beware. But I think, well, speaking, I think he can understand of, uh, the words fucking uh, you. Do we, do we have any uh, more thoughts on this subject? No, nah, I think, I I think like, we hit it. I'm just, I just going to try and... <laughs> And see what he means by otaku anime and subculture anime later. On my own, just sit and, and you know, think about it a little bit. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, segue into Netflix here. Mm-hmm. Um, Netflix is not simulcasting in the U.S., so... <laughs> well, it's shit, now, all people. of a sudden, P- Americans, Americans' privilege are showing. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Finally, like now. I actually have a friend in Germany, uh, and I, I uh, contacted him. I was like, "Hey, man, can I log into your uh, your Netflix account mm-hmm. and watch watch Violet Evergarden?" He's like, "Yeah, sure. Do you got a VPN?" I do. Mm-hmm. So that's how I'm watching. I'm watching Violet Evergarden in German, which I must say, I am. I did try to watch the English dub. I tried to watch the Japanese uh, voice acting. I prefer the show in German dub, actually. Listen to this guy. I don't even know what he's talking about. <laughs> I don't know. I like... think... 
I, I do I do like watching anime in different languages if if the opportunity presents itself. Sometimes a language to me uh, comes off better or presents itself better. Uh, the the subject matter presents like Ghost in the Shell in English to me is is much more palatable because it's a lot of exposition. I would rather not read that much. Like if Tatami Galaxy had a had a dub, maybe I would have liked the show a little bit more. In the case of Violet Evergarden with German, I feel like the subject matter translates into German better than say English. You know, like uh, I'm watching. I, I'm watching I, under, I understand the dialogue a little bit more. It hits me a little bit harder. Yes. Uh, the the uh, the blandness of the main characters speaking. Um, makes more it, it just it feels more real when germans coming and there is a lot of german names and influences in the anime so that helps as well uh but yeah not simulcast in the u.s it's the only one that's not yeah, doing it that was, i find it yeah, hilarious that was very weird like that that was that was an intense week uh first of all i'm watching in japanese for me like i if if I have access to the dub, I'm, I I will watch eventually the dub. But I but the dub is more a for fun rewatch thing. Uh, the original thing is in Japanese. I'm gonna watch the Japanese first. Then I I I think if I'm, if I'm gonna watch in English, in in Portuguese, in Brazilian Portuguese, in German, in French, whatever language I I also speak. Uh, right. So like it was very weird. It was a very tense week because you know. No one knew what what was going happen, to happen. Well, we had the the news that Netflix was investing in anime, which go with shit. Everyone who said they're gonna do bad shit with anime, that I said if they wouldn't. Uh, so like everyone's like they got Violet Evergarden. Everyone wanna watch Violet Evergarden. What they're gonna do with Violet Evergarden? And there was just silent. Then uh, the British Netflix. Put out that Violet Evergarden was going to release in January 11th, and people were like, "Oh shit, the the Brits have it, the Brits have it." And then I think it was, <laughs> I think it was Indonesia, <laughs> and then like it's it starts sprouting. Uh, Australia, Can- Canada, Brazil had Latin America had, and I was like, "Oh my god!" And and the U.S. was just quiet. You know, and then the eleventh came and nope, nothing came out on on Netflix US, and I was like, oh, they're not yeah. going to release it. They're gonna like release it, like everything already done at the end. They're not gonna they're be just... simul no, okay. dubbing. It's yeah. simul dub. You know, it's we, not only simul stream. It's simul dub, which yeah. is cool. This 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 is this weird part, right? Because here's what here's what I feel, and Netflix US, they don't do simulcast. Because first of all, it's not in their business model, and second of all, they don't have to. Netflix doesn't, re- like realistically, Netflix doesn't have to worry that much about competition. So they don't see a giant need, like they don't see the need to simulcast. Whereas Netflix in a lot of other places, like it's one of those reasons why Netflix Japan has always simulcasted anime, because if yeah, they because did, they, need you. they yeah. would get pushed out of the country. <laughs> They would like there would be no need for to for uh, for Netflix. <laughs> so it's one of the well the Amer the American audience uh, Netflix has the their majority is people don't watch week to week yeah. anymore. Americans binge binge watch, therefore it'll just be released all at once, and that's their model. Yeah, I know. But that's the problem with anime fans because anime fans they're used to getting it week by week. 
<laughs> like, Tough shit. My, yep. My problem, like living. Get your VPN and get a Canadian Netflix account then. <laughs> living, living. I, in the... I have a Norwegian one. Yeah. Living the American continent, I was kind of scared, uh, because <laughs> basically Netflix doesn't have any problem here. It doesn't even have uh, Amazon Prime to worry about. You know. So like, yeah, they might not. They might do the same thing as U.S. Uh, and <laughs> Brazil case was weird because uh, they put on the page that will that will uh, release on January 11th, and then they took out. I was like, oh fuck, <laughs> no, they they're going to do that game with me. And then it came back with not only uh, Violet Evergarden but also Fade Astra. I was like, okay, they're doing it. So, but I, I was scared because Netflix doesn't have reasons to worry about, you know, here. It doesn't have reasons to worry in Latin America as, as a whole. Uh, it doesn't have reasons to worry in Canada. But still. Have reasons to worry in Norway either. Yeah. Well, in, in Canada, there's, um, there is, there is another service. Uh, I can't remember the name off the top of my head, but it has, it, there, there is another service there, but it's, it's, uh, provided by Bell and Rogers that you have to buy, that you have to buy individually from them. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, here, so you have to have a cable service to I get mean, it. Like, we don't have, we don't have Amazon Prime, we don't have Hulu, we don't have Funimation. Uh, so like, yeah. there's, there's actually no competition at yeah, all. Yeah, Canada doesn't have Hulu or, uh, here in, Hulu here as in well. We yeah. have a bunch of streaming services, but like, I mean, let's be real here. They're all Norwegian streaming services that, stra- stra- that stream Norwegian uh, Norwegian TV. So, not really competition. <laughs> yes, we did just get Amazon Video, but, you know, and we do have HBO Nordic, uh, which is, you know, just a Norwegian HBO. Uh, but it's like... Do you get Game of Thrones on it? Uh, yes, you do. Ah, lucky. Yeah, I'm all right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even watch it. <laughs> Aww. I don't like Game of Thrones. Aww. What? Me neither. Don't I'm worry. A weeb. About it. Move on. <laughs> it's not animated well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not enough giant boobs. Sad with your, uh, with your anyway. hate. <laughs> yeah, but it was weird. It was. Yeah, it was uh, funny. Any any time I. It any, was funny and it was weird. <laughs> like. Yeah. Any 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 time any time I see a Twitter post of someone angry that Violet Evergarden isn't simulcasting in the U.S., I just tweet back at them: "Careful, your American privilege is showing." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, Those are fun. It's just like all all the all the subsidiaries of Netflix just <laughs> made a revolution and took down the. the the, the the U.S. one, it was fun. The thing that Very the funny. thing that makes me most happy about this is just because you know the U.S. has always just been like the <laughs> epicenter of like we get everything, fuck everyone else, right? And now we're sitting here, it's like, but well, we have something you don't. <laughs> Eat shit. <laughs> <laughs> Eat shit, U.S. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny the we the the worldwide weaves are just poking fun, and now I live in the U.S. and I'm just like, ah, I don't care. <laughs> ah, I have access to my ger- to my friend's German yeah. account. I have access to German. And I might Canadian get shot on the streets, but I can watch Violet of the Garden. This is when I come out and say that I don't even have Netflix. <laughs> that is Aww. that is a problem. I know. Uh, that's okay. All right, so we got we got some community questions. 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 Ah, my eye. <laughs> you ready? 
Yes. I'm always ready. I'll, be, uh, I'll, I'll, start us, I'll start us off. What do you say? All right. Uh, it's from our favorite guy who shall but not be named. Kion. Kion. No, shall not be named. Kion. Yes, what are Kion some doesn't of your favorite anti-heroes in anime? Do you prefer shows that have more of a villainous main character or heroic? So, um, I don't know that many shows with anti-heroes. I suppose... I suppose uh, Reinhardt from Legend of the Galactic Heroes is, is sort of an anti-hero because he's on the opposite uh, side. I like Char. He's kind of your anti-hero. Um, I think a show is stronger with that type of character. That's for sure. There doesn't it, you don't necessarily have to have your heroic main character all the time as long as they what they believe they're doing is right and it's not going to be world-ending. So to say, because that's always a cliche nowadays. Yeah. Um, I'm always for that. So. Yeah. That's my answer. You, Tori, you can go first. Yeah. No, I I can't really think of. I don't have like a anti-hero uh, character in mind that like pops into my head right right away. It's. Mm. Lelouch, Death Note yeah, guy. Yeah, fuck those guys. Uh, like the thing is, <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to. I didn't want to mention him as examples. No, I know. <laughs> but like, uh, it's it's one of those things. Like, I don't really care either way. Uh, do I prefer villainous main characters or heroic? I don't actually prefer either. What I prefer is this type of character that doesn't a, a character that neither is that would neither be considered or doesn't consider his own actions either evil or good. Like I like this, or rather, let's put it this way: a character that um, that believes in his side. You know, uh, he thinks his side is the right side. That's a, that's actually I, because I like this. I like this middle ground where it's just it's not good versus evil, and it's not you know, or flip yeah. that evil versus good. I want that guy, that guy who believes in his side of justice versus that other guy who thinks that what he's doing is right. And then ultimately, it turns out that they're actually both wrong, and they, you know, they're both their both their actions have a huge impact on society around them. Give me that show. <laughs> well, isn't that Char with Gundam then? I haven't seen enough Gundam, and I haven't seen enough of Char. I don't know, but probably. I'm not like there are characters like that out there. I know. I just can't think of any off the top of my head. Alrighty. Yeah. Well. Hey, okay. Favorite hero. First of all. I think it's going to be a surprise because of the idea of anti-heroes you guys have on your mind. Uh, but first of all, I'm going to say Dandy from Space Dandy. Uh, he's an anti-hero. <laughs> he's an anti-hero. Yeah. He's, not, he's not a hero. He's, he's this goofy guy. He can, he can even shoot straight. You know, he, <laughs> and he's going on adventures. He's, he's an anti-hero. He's not, he's not your definition of a hero. And the second one would be Kaiki Deishu from Monogatari. And that's a spoiler. I'm not going to say. Oh that. yeah. Yeah, but I agree. he is. He is. He's one. He he's he's in that category you just said, Tori. He just believes yeah, that what he's doing is right, and that's that's about it. That's all you yeah. need to know. That's all. That's yeah, no, all I, he's he needs to keep going. Yeah, I agree with you with that I it's been so long since I've seen Monogatari that I kind of forgotten about him, honestly. But yeah, no, I like I, I do agree. Like I mean, this isn't this isn't an anti-hero, but like, w like just to kind of reaffirm my point, it's like what I like is people like let's take you know my hero academia, let's take uh, just because this is recent in their mind, let's take the hero killer stain, right? This is obviously a bad guy, 
this is a villain because what he's doing isn't right but in his mind it is and what he's doing is he's killing superheroes because to him the image of superhero has been tainted these aren't superheroes these are people that have become superheroes because of the fame and money that comes with it and he wants he just doesn't want that he wants the just people obviously he's a bad guy because he's killing people he's killing people but he wants he essentially his goal is to be taken down by the just hero by all might who to him is the only superhero everyone else is just a fake and that's kind of like that's kind of what i want in characters not necessarily just from not necessarily just villains but you know people that have a motivation to do something and can you know that makes sense that you can kind of understand what drives them and in this case why why that would drive that this person mad or insane that's the kind of things i like in my characters we also have akira from debruman that just too? just so we know that <laughs> oh that guy has also a bit of a problem with his hormones <laughs> a little bit I just watched just episode five. I want to fuck. I want to fuck. Yeah, no. I'm I'm gonna watch episode five when we're done here. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. Like there are there are many characters that does rese- that does have these traits uh, in anime. I have seen some of them. I haven't seen all. I want to find them. Ah. <laughs> uh, Next question, Tori. I can take that one, or at least read it up. So this is by this is a question from uh, Sammy. Semi Bolt from the Discord. What do you guys think of Gatchaman crowds? Now, I know Hickey's already answered this. Uh, a lot hey. of people I know got quite. Nah, you're gonna get to answer it again, don't worry. Uh, a lot hey. of people I Activity. know got quite a bit out of it, but I personally couldn't find anything that struck me. What are your experience with the show? And if you got something out of it, what is it? Thanks. Now, I'd like to start because I oh, personally really <laughs> like. Fuck you, Hickey. I personally <laughs> really like like Gatchaman crowds. Um, and what I like about Gatchaman crowds is because it the first season, it spends time developing, you know, showing us society and a lot of normal societal issues uh, that that occurs. And it also uses the idea of heroes. Uh, the people, though, I would actually argue that the people in Gatchaman crowds aren't heroes at all. They are. They're villains. They are people. They're people that believe to do what they... They are people that believe to do the right thing. But, as I said, actions have consequences. And all their actions will affect society. So, uh, but what they do is essentially... they Season 1 is spent working their way up through building an ideal society. A modern society. And then the second season is built breaking that down again. Because there is no ideal society. This ideal society built in season one is a fake. It comes with its own set of own set of problems that just weren't present or wasn't easily realized because this wasn't the norm in se- during season one, and that is why I really like Gatchaman crowds. That's the short version, at least. The short yes, version. <laughs> I don't give a fuck about Gatchaman crowds. <laughs> <laughs> It took me. It took me four attempts to finish the show. Actually, uh, I don't like the characters. I really, really don't like the characters. I don't like uh, Senpai guy. I don't like Hajime. I don't like Yutsuyu. I don't like. I hate Paimon. I really like Aya Hirano. Hirano Aya. I hope 
one yeah. day she come back to voice acting but i really really hate paiman <laughs> i i hate cross dress a guy he's dumb he's very very dumb this is a dumb character you know he's, Uh, and JJ is fine because JJ doesn't even talk, and I really like OD. That's it. It took I I only finished the the fucking anime because at episode eight OD says something really cool, and I was like, okay, because I really like you, I'm gonna finish the show now. And it's going, it's becoming very very dumb, but I I can't just finish the show already. I went from episode three dropped, episode four dropped, episode five dropped, fourth and episode eight. I was like, okay, no episode eight, I can't drop right now. And and I finish, but you know I'm with you, Sammy. There's nothing in this show that really struck me. I know Tori is saying about how society works and everything else, but like it doesn't necessarily uh, doesn't justify some of the exchange of the words uh, some of the characters have. I like that Hajime starts to become very at least appears more smart at the end of the of the anime. I appreciate that because. The beginning is just painful, uh, but like she's when fearless. well, she's you know when he, well, got, you know a guy is is speeding on a on an alley and almost run Hajime and Senpai over, and, and Senpai goes, "Holy shit, that guy is wrong. He's he's speeding on this this narrow alley. He he shouldn't be able, he shouldn't be doing that because he might kill someone." And Hajime is like, "Yeah, he almost." Uh, ran me over, but you know he might be with an emergency. Like, what the fuck? Like, that doesn't justify the guy speeding up. You know, every single time she she tries to justify something that is seen as uh, culturally or social wrong. It yeah makes sense, but really, you shouldn't you shouldn't come to this conclusion, <laughs> bit because it is. Sure it's not could. just a fine, you know. You, sure you, she she should. That's her character. <laughs> no, her is. character is being. Her character is being smart. He's, he's, she's sly and smart, you know. Yeah. And she she shows it at episode ten, twelve, and eleven. The rest, yeah. nope, not a. No, sign. but the, her her point is that she's trying, like, so she is to offer up a different view to a to a situation than what yeah, would normally like, occur. The problem is, Everyone would say this yeah, is a I fucking know, but, idiot because he's speeding. But yeah, I know. But like, she isn't like someone, that. someone <laughs> stabbed you. Take your money, and you're like, "Oh no!" But he might have done it because he needs to feed his child. But he stabbed you. God fucking damn it! That didn't happen, Hickey. <laughs> she almost got run over by a car, and she's like, "No, nah, the guy might have an emergency. Don't worry about it." I was like, "You almost but nobody died." But no one got injured. <laughs> and also, the nobody CG is bad. In- I'm done. No, you're wrong. Yes, yes, yes. Teddy, have you seen that? Like it, it, it just do- doesn't justify. <laughs> when someone put it, put you in danger, you don't, you just don't justify their actions. You know, yeah, they might have an emergency, but it's still, it doesn't justify they going a hundred miles per hour in the narrow alley. It just doesn't. But she just, <laughs> she, she doesn't even blink to say something like that. She's just there with the, with the everyday smile. Like yeah, nah, don't worry about uh, it. Right, I'm guys. fine. All right, guys, I'm gonna cut. I'm gonna cut you guys off. Okay. Second Akun is very oh, good. Though. Agreed. JD. Okay. Have you not seen Gatchaman? Uh, no. I can Six give you that. that. The 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 inset music for the transformation is very nice. Oh, <laughs> I like it. Yes. 
Alright guys, even though technically shonen is a demographic, do you still consider it that, or do you think it's a genre all on its own? For those that consider it a genre, if a shonen show doesn't use tropes, is it still a shonen? If so, how? What are some of the deeper elements of a shonen that make it what it is outside of the common tropes? So, one at a time, uh, since I watch a crap ton of it, I think that shonen it started as a demographic, it's evolved into a genre on its own. Be more specific, battle shonen. Yeah. Hmm. Um, hmm. Yeah. Uh, the the tropes would be the tropes started out when it was a demographic. You know, you had your your team of five, uh, monster of the week kind of battle system. Um, maybe a tournament arc uh, that kind of came in later. Uh, good versus evil. Basically, what it is. The battle shonen genre is is now consists of. Uh, it still consists of the, all those tropes. You got your your good versus evil. You know, attack take attack on Titan, for example, with with uh, the humans against the Titans. Uh, One Piece, you have the pirates against the Navy. Uh, there and there's always an end goal in mind, um, with a sort of mystery of what that end goal is. Whether it's finding the One Piece or making sure the world's not destroyed. It's always something along those lines. Does it have to be long-running? I don't think so, but they do tend to be longer-running. They don't all have to be, but they choose to make them so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, usually, they're usually around that 50-episode mark minimum. Uh, take Soul Eater, for example. Soul Eater was good, uh, though. Black, Ho- Black Clover. That's airing now. That's going to be at least 50 episodes. Yeah, it's 50. Um, or no. How yeah. can you say Soul Eater uh, and then compare it to a bad show? Or say it's a bad show right after. That's Oh, I'm insulted. Well, no, they both are going to have 50 episodes. Still, you could have chosen so many others. <laughs> it's just what comes into my mind, Tori. You just give me a break here. Uh, some of the deeper elements... So, this is where the demographic still comes in. It's The demographic is still for a younger audience, but it's still harping on that aspect of it being a genre in itself now. So the oh. the tropes and deeper elements there aren't really deeper elements because they're still they're still trying to keep it as simple as possible. And that's that's the only part of the demographic they focus on. Okay. Does that make sense to anybody? Do you want to go for a story? Comment. Do you want to go for? I sure. Yeah, no, I can do it. Okay. Uh, that's fine. Uh so Yeah, okay. So basically, I mean, Shonen has kind of changed a lot over the years, even just as a demographic, because let's be real, what was considered child-friendly has changed a lot over the years. Like I said, like I've, I talked to Senpai about this. Sure. You know, there was a time back in the day where Devilman was considered shonen. Uh, there was a, there was a right. time when JoJo's was shonen. Only recently, actually, that became that became considered seinen. But you have you have this. So what what like what is fit to say demographic has kind of changed over the years. Um, I do consider shonen a demographic. I very much do. But I do agree. A battle shonen, I would consider a genre. A reason why we call it a battle shonen is simply because it's it's easy. If I say battle, battle shonen or even shonen, you don't really question what I'm talking about. Like, you don't sit there and go like, oh, what's that? Now, like, of course, unless you have no idea what anime is. But, like, 
as long as you know something about anime, if I say Battle Shonen, you know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the One Piece, I'm talking about the Naruto, I'm talking about the friendship and fight for friends and... The power was within you all yeah, along. That type of stuff, right? <laughs> the that's, One that's Piece doesn't exist. Uh, but yeah. And, uh, uh, for those that consider the genre, if Shonen show doesn't use Shonen tropes, is it still Shonen? I mean, yes, I would say so. But they tend to not do they that. They tend to not do that. Uh, like, yeah. obviously, that's kind of the thing, right? Because what makes up something is usually it will have its presets of presets of tropes and whatnot. But I think that you can explore uh, a genre more than what is already predetermined to be the genre. Because remember, as time moves on, and this is why I wanted to bring up that first where it's like what's considered shonen has changed over the years. And that's kind of the thing, right? By exploring it, you end up finding different limits to the genre or demographic. So before people thought that watching somebody get ripped in half because it was a cartoon, totally fine. Why shouldn't my kids do that? Now, people say, yeah, that's probably not for my 10-year-old boy. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> but more... No more Debrew, man? No more Debbie man. No more belt. I missed the belt. I'm sure you do. I, yeah. I mean, I the belt. There's, still, there's still at least five episodes for me. He He's gonna take someone with the belt. He needs to. He like, he, he needs to. Uh, anyway. Uh... My opinion on... Is, different from both JD and, and Tori. For me, it is just demographic. Uh, of course, you have... Interesting. You have tropes. But all, of, all of those tropes and, you know, all of those situations, they are inside of genres. Uh, like, oh, you have One Piece. Yeah, One Piece is a shonen, the demographic, but it's an adventure, you know. Uh, it's adventure, it's action. You, you, also, you already have uh, those other genres, the, uh, the traditional ones that uh, encapsulates every single aspect of the show. So Shonen would be just demographic. And it's not, I think it's not something that should have any attention at all, actually. It is just a label saying this is suited for, uh, what, 10 to, to 16 years old? But like, you don't need to be 10 to 16 years old to enjoy that show. Uh, just like there are some shows that are saying just like K-On, K-On is a sailing <laughs> show, that you don't need to be 20 to 50 to enjoy K-On. Uh, or Hana Yamata. <laughs> or Hana Yamata, yeah, exactly. Those are, those are sailing shows. And when it comes to sailing, people really doesn't pay, people don't pay attention. Like, sailing is just a demographic, you know? Uh, oh, it's just a demographic. You don't need to pay attention to the, uh, to the age label that comes with the Blu-ray <laughs> case. But when, when it comes to shonen, I don't know why people have this fixation that shonen is something special and it, it evolved to be something more than a demographic. No, it doesn't. Also, it is very, very dangerous when we start to pull out genres uh, and, you know, kind of individualize words to become genres because of tropes. You know, because of that, we're going, we're seeing trapped in an MMO becoming a genre because of tropes, you know, because of a type of story. It is not a genre. It's just a type of story. It's just a collection of tropes. But because of that, because people 
tend to be so attached to discovering something new, evolving things to the next level, they start saying that shonen is becoming a genre, evolved, uh, trapped in an MMO, trapped in a fantasy world are becoming genres. Even battle shonen, you know, we have better genres to describe battle shonens than the word battle shonen. Battle shonen, uh, the expression battle shonen became, came to be because it is a good way to describe a show. Doesn't mean it is a genre. Doesn't mean it will become a genre. Doesn't mean it should be a genre. I think we have already the, the genres we're just making out stuff already. You know, I don't know why people in, in the anime fandom has this fetish of creating new uh, words and new genres out of blue, out of thin air. And well, for me, like I said, Shonen is and just, are just, just demographic. Saying that, no, I mean, it's it's just to have a label on it. That's all it is. Yeah, and I mean that's kind of people got to have kind labels. of the thing, right? Because like I understand what you what you're saying, and that's fine. But like, um, I mean, let's just let's just look at subgenres, for example. They kind of always ended up exp- appearing out of nowhere, and they usually got attached to tropes. So it's like it's not exactly this isn't exactly something. That's only related to anime, or that is, you know, does that like you will find find nowhere else? It's kind of something that's always happened. It is a way of it is a way of labeling something. It's a way of making something easy to find. Do I agree? That, like, I mean, yes, I I agree with you. Shonen is a demographic. I do like, and I don't particularly like that it's come to this point where it's you know, battle shonen is a is a genre. But it kind of is the point, of, like I just told, like I just said, you say battle shonen to somebody who watches anime. Of course, they know what you're talking about. <laughs> they know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah but th- that right. doesn't so, make it quality. Uh, Hickey, why don't you? Um, yeah. Well, I, I I don't disagree with what you say, Hickey, but I do I do uh, I don't have a problem with putting a label on something, especially if it's harmless. Yeah. Uh, anyways. Uh, Hickey, why don't you take the next question? Okay. Uh, it seems it seems when most anime fans start watching and uh, watching, they enjoy a good amount of what they watch. As time goes on, or as time goes on, we get pickier without taste. At what point in your anime watching did you start to get pickier or more selective with what you watch? What was your taste like early on on as opposed to now? That was a question from Crash. Also a member of Discord. You guys, you guys, do you guys want me to answer first? You can answer first. Yes, please. Uh, first of all, the word "picure" here has a very negative connotation. Uh, it is basically when someone starts saying something is bad and they never tried. So, like, I I will try to not use that word. Uh, you know. I'll, I'll use selective. Selective is better. For me, it's like when I start becoming selective, I don't think I ever became selective because I watch it. I watch. I can watch everything. You know, uh, I think I get more critical and not selective. It is. It is another thing. You. You. You can either become selective. You. You can either become critical, or you can be. Or you can become selective and critical. Uh, and then go to to Twitter say that Devil Man is a subculture anime. Uh, 
<laughs> or you can also be what we call echo chambers. You have four ways when when you start Oof, watching. It. Ouch. Uh, for me, I become I became more critical. I don't I didn't become more selective. Of course, there's some stuff I there's some some stuff I prefer. That is, for example, I don't watch a lot of older shows like prior '85. It is very very rare that I go out of my way to watch shows uh, older than '85. So like that that's that that kind of stuff happens because. It is not about becoming Picker because again, Picker is like senpai when it comes to Moi. Although he he tries to he, he tries so hard every single month he tries to watch a Moi series, you know. So like it, it was before he started doing that, but he's going he he would criticize Moi without watching it. That is becoming Picker. That is negative. That is a negative person. Uh, basically, what happens is anime is not diverse. It's not very diverse. So when you watch like when you reach that. 300 anime watch it you basically watch it everything you know everything you need to know so maybe you start becoming selective because you have four or five shows uh with the same characteristics going out in the same time and you don't you either don't have the time to watch the five of them or you just need to watch two of them and get the grand scheme grand scheme of things uh so you go and become selective because you already know what's going to happen in the other ones uh, so like it, it is not becoming peakier or selective with taste. I think it's more uh, be- having a more refined taste. You know what it's, you know what you like. You know what you don't like. Why would you watch something that you don't like? You know. So that that is not becoming selective. Selective is like you have a, you have a bunch of things in in front of you and you select one uh, out of out of nowhere. You just look at it and you know what that one looks better and you get it. No, uh, after watching so many anime, you go, you know what every single one of the things that in front that are in front of you have to offer, and you know the characteristics, you know the merits, you know the, the merits. You just go there and pick the one that you that seems to fit your taste more. Uh, my taste right now, mm-hmm. again, I think I'm more critic than I used to be. I'll just watch everything uncontrolled, like without any control. Like 14, 15 hours, I, I don't give a fuck. I would consume trash like it, there was no tomorrow. Uh, nowadays, I am I am more like chilled, but still I watch a shitload of things and I I I I have more critic I I have a more critic mind. You know, I go out to sick for the people who are making it, the direction work, the the voice acting, the animators, that kind of stuff. I think that is the only thing that really changed it, and I'm I'm glad because I think that is the best way to enjoy anime, of course. Yeah, I guess I'll, I'll leave it at that. If you want to see yeah. more, just come talk to me on Discord, and I'll be glad to <laughs> talk by four hours about that. <laughs> I liked your answer with uh, not pickier, but being more selective. Yeah. I couldn't agree more with you on that yeah. one. Uh, you want to go, JD, or should I go? Sure, I can. I can. I can take a stab at it. <clears throat> uh. Well, I've been watching anime so long, I was really, you know, I would only watch what I was exposed to on TV, uh, so it was a lot of battle shonen, <laughs> um, you know, the Sailor Moon, Outlaw Star, those kind of those kind of shows. Uh, when the internet became a thing, that's when I was able to finally dive into 
more of the thing I enjoyed. So I just kind of just there there was a website I'd go to and I there was a giant list and I'd kind of just look at a show, look at the synopsis online. Do I do I want to watch that? Nah. So that that goes to Hickey's kind of selective answer when there's just this giant thing in front of you or you you see multiple things of the same type you you have to select something you can't watch four shows at once <laughs> kind of deal yeah the same show like basically the same show uh, four times at the same time right yeah. so why would you why would you do that it's uh, now i mean i'd like to say my 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 taste has evolved you know it's kind of like when you get when you get older if you're still the same what's i think the phrase is if you're still the same person at 30 than you were at 16 then what have you done with your life kind of thing. If I'm still the same anime fan at 30 as I was when I was 16, how am I still watching anime? Why am I doing it? Am I just watching the same shows over and over again? I, I, I just, I don't like that mindset. There's so much more out there. I mean, that's the kind of the whole idea why I started the quest in the first place. Hey, I got all these shows on a plan to watch list. Fuck it, I'm going to do it. I'm just going to pick all these shows that, that that's seem interesting if i don't enjoy one well then i won't watch it anymore why would i continue watching something i don't enjoy go move on to the next thing like your case also That's my answer okay. that case your case is also interesting because if you're going with what i think crash is talking to is that that phase in in every anime fan has where they just get a cigarette have a beard mm -hmm. on and, and say anime was a mistake uh <laughs> You're going the opposite way, you know. You are trying more and more. You 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 trying shows you you haven't have a a desire to try. You know, every single season that goes on. I mean, of course, there's gonna be a there's gonna be a couple genres or types of shows out there that I like. I won't watch a moe show. Yeah, I know, but like, because I know you, it's like, not for me. You're going you're going the opposite way. I won't, I won't way, watch cute girls know? doing cute things. You're going the opposite way. You still don't watch them, but you still give a shot and sometimes you like it uh which i think it's oh yeah i get i give i give the shoujo show a good try every now and again if it's see if it'll seem interesting because i do like if romance it's, it's i mean we 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 we've we we spoke about this on a past podcast of of how i see the current state of romance anime uh, -huh. uh but even this season with um uh 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 uh, uh Fuck! What's it called? Koi wa yami agari no yoni. It's show. It's it's shoujo as fuck, and yet I'm enjoying right. it. <laughs> yeah. No, I I agree with JD. Like I I also fall into more that more that like everyone who knows me is like it's kind of been a joke for or joke for a while. I was like everyone who knows me if they check check your affinity with me on Mal, and I swear it's between forty and fifty percent with anyone. <laughs> I seem to share a taste with a lot of different people, no matter what they like. That's because I always been of the mindset of watching a wide variety of shows and you know especially more recently now that i'm not only watching a wide variety of shows i'm also watching older shows so i'm getting the entire spectrum i feel like that's one of the things that have kind of made me avoid the we wouldn't be on a retro cast right now yeah. if uh we were but picky I feel like that's one of the things that made me <laughs> avoid the dreaded burnout that most anime fans get because everyone if you've gone into the anime fandom everyone when they get into it when they've been into it for a year or two years they always fear this dread this dreaded like burnout and that's that time when their shonens don't work out for them anymore they're no longer enjoying them and i feel like that's always the same problem you've been watching the same show for like 200 shows of course you're tired of it 
look at other things. Yeah. And then that's that's when that that's when that mindset then happens. Uh, they're afraid to go outside of what they know. Yeah. Because yeah, that's it's scary. It's different. But anyways, to tackle actually scary different to actually tackle uh, <laughs> Crash's question then, uh, like, I mean, again, a lot of people on Discord know me know me from like way earlier on in my uh, in my anime watching, and even back from the previous uh, forum, and everyone will know that. I used to be that guy who liked everything. There wasn't a bad anime. Okay, there were, but like, <sighs> man, it was a time. Old, I, li- I like old, to say, like, old Toddy. He was a good I guy. Li- Unfortunately, yeah, he right. died on the dark uh, skin. <laughs> see that, that became time. the new Toddy. <laughs> now you're a podcast yep. elite. That time <laughs> when I used to rate on a seven to ten scale, and I considered it a five or a four a bad score. Uh, right, that that time. Fool, <laughs> that was uh, that was different times. And I liked that toy. Like, I'm sure, I'm sure you did. A lot of people did. Uh, but yeah, no. But I couldn't. I never knew that. I one. couldn't. No, you didn't. I couldn't keep that up because, again, I start actually because this was granted, right? I came into anime very fresh. I didn't know anything about Japan. I knew nothing of Japanese culture. I knew nothing of Japanese media. And hell, I came into anime. Not even as a media fan at all. I wasn't the kind of guy who would often go to the movies and watch movies or watch a lot of TV shows. I didn't have these interests. I liked games, but it was mostly sports games and first-person shooters. Right? So I re- didn't really have any... I, I like that sports yeah, game answer. I didn't really have any like interests outside of like my own or American culture. right? And I didn't even like American media. So to me, everything was completely fresh. So everything was like a mind-blowing. This is amazing. Uh, that's why if you go back and look at my mail and look at the shows that I watched very early on, you'll realize that they all have very high scores. And I've never changed them. Uh, so, uh, but yeah. And now everything's a one. Now everything's a one. And my taste, <laughs> no, everything is... Have my tastes changed? Yes, because I think my tastes have changed in the sense that I like different things now than I did back then. I said back then, like I was young. I got into anime when I was 18. But like... Even still, what I like and what I appreciate is different now to what to what I appreciated back then. There was a time when I would appreciate action and violence over anything else. Now I appreciate. What were your first couple now shows? Now I appreciate a good slice of life story. I appreciate a good character study, right? Like there are because I'm looking at stuff differently. I'm looking at how characters are handled. I'm looking at how plot plot progresses. I'm looking at direction. I'm looking at animation. I'm looking at all these different things that to me before was like. I couldn't even begin to comprehend these things because just a simple, just a simple like going from A to B like in a story was completely new to me. That overloaded my mind. I was like, ah, oh, we'll my definitely God. get into something like that later. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like that was that was something I never like never experienced or experienced very. I had very yeah. limited experience with before, but now I have watched over six hundred anime, almost seven hundred completed anime. I don't have that limit anymore. I know a lot more. I've seen so much. That's why a lot of shows I watch, I will be very harsh on because I sit there and I'm like, I've seen this before. This has been done in that show, that show, and that show. This show did it better. That show did it better. And I try not to compare, I think, because I feel like it's unfair to compare everything to each other. But to a certain extent, you have to do comparisons. There are places where comparisons fit. 
And I don't like everything. Nobody likes everything. Nobody should like everything. But I do feel like you should try to watch shows, even if they don't necessarily fall under your umbrella of what your favorite thing is. My favorite is a, uh, my favorite uh, anime genre is psychological. I love psychological. I love psychological thrillers. But I can't only watch psychological thrillers. That would be boring. Have you seen Monster? I've seen Monster. I really liked it. It was good. Okay, cool. <laughs> good. good yeah. Okay. So we got we gotta speed this up here with the last uh, last three. Yeah. Best anime to get drunk to, Hickey. There's there was one day I got drunk watching K on. It was a blast. I had a blast. It was fun as fuck. Alright, best anime to get drunk to, Tori. Uh Trapeze. It's weird as fuck. <laughs> Whoa. Dude, Tatami yeah, Galaxy. Steve, right. <laughs> I also, I also got drunk. I also got drunk watching Tatami Galaxy once. That was, a, that was a trip. It was so quick. I, for me, it's any super robot show. Yeah, I was just sitting. Man, I understand Japanese. Holy shit! All those years, <laughs> and I know how to speak Japanese because I'm not looking at the subtitles. I can even read the subtitles, but I'm understanding what is going on. I'm amazing. Just sitting there in the, in the sofa. Yeah. You sure, I'm just saying it too much. <laughs> I, I don't. Yeah, for, for me, it's like Maz, it's the Mazen, it's the Mazinger Z, the uh, the Gal Gaigar, those shows, because yeah. they're just so weird and crazy, and you can play a drinking game to them every time, yeah. any episode. Yes. Also, like, uh, okay, best anime for hangovers, Hickey. Dayamura Hitotose. <laughs> no one knows this anime. That? Yeah, mm-hmm. let's leave on that. Okay. Uh, okay. Best anime for hangovers. I'm Tori. going to be boring and I'm going to say nothing. <laughs> it doesn't exist it, because you're hungover. Yeah. I, can't, I can't watch watch anime with a hangover. I just It's impossible. All right. All right, here's my answer. Any anime you can fall asleep to because that hangover hurts. So in my case, it's Mushishi. Uh, yeah, that's that's kind of... <laughs> that's Mushishi, that's Mushishi. Yeah. Uh, by the way, just, just a little... Maybe Natsumi's Book of Friends. I don't get a hangover. It's very rare so that I get a hangover. I usually wake up feeling fine and happy because I got drunk the last night. Mm. So Tamayura Hitotose is basically a girl oh. going on the on the countryside taking photos with, a, with an old Nikon camera like that uses films. And it's, it's just that. Everyone whispers at you, you know, it is very chill. The second season is called Tamayura More Aggressive, but it's the same thing. So I was like, oh, is this the more like aggressive thing? Shopping trip. <laughs> Just like yeah, it is. Shopping Those two rip-off. questions were brought to us by Crash and Native. They were. Yeah. So we have our last question, and it goes into our main topic. That it does. You guys ready? Yeah. Yeah. Was the journey to Iskanda worth it? Yes. Damn right it was. Hell yeah. I mean, that that was some very <laughs> good yeah. detergent they got. So, I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, that goes right into... <clears throat> Space Battleship Yamato from 1974. From the Star Blazers. Star Blazers or, or, or in Jusen the Yamato. Yes. <laughs> Man, I okay. So my uh, little history uh, with Tori and I, we actually watched both of this. Uh, both of us watched this on our quest. Sure did. 
And, um, damn. Impressive for its time, it is I must say. It is extremely impressive for its time. Uh, especially when you're, when you're in the 70s, like watching anime from the 70s, you do realize that production value was not very high at the time. There was a lot of cost-cutting measures, a oh, no. lot of, a lot of time-saving measures. And then Yamato comes along. And it is visual, like, I'd even say, like I said, I was comparing because I watched uh, the uh, newer one, the uh, 20, uh, like, uh, Space Battleship Yamato 2199. When I was yep, watching yep. the original Yamato, I were directly comparing those two visually. That is insane. 2199 came out in 2012. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no, visually, Yamato was incredible. It's, I mean, it, like, like I said, it came out in 1974. It's, uh, huh, it, w- words to describe the, the production quality uh, doesn't give it justice. Production um, quality is the reason why it got cancelled, because it was too damn expensive. I was <laughs> yeah. just about to get into that. So it was originally supposed to be 39 episodes. It was cut to 26, because when they got to about the last four or five episodes, the the the, the, the studio was like, dude, um, we got no more money. Uh, we we got to cut the shit out of this. We, we, better, we best have an ending fast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And oh boy. Because they, 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 they actually could not make any more of it. Yeah. So that, that so keep an open mind on that aspect. Um, uh, it's it it was made by a studio group TAC, yep. and it's an original, so it's not based off a of manga. But it is written by Leiji Matsumoto, and it is a Leiji Matsumoto. It is a Matsumoto work. Uh, those not familiar with his work, he um, he's the space guy. Yeah. <laughs> He's the space guy, to put it simply. Enough. At some point, uh, group also, T- group yeah. TAC, not too, not too big even for its time. Um, I mean, they make some OVAs. They've worked with other companies. They worked with Madhouse. Uh, they were involved with like a couple Captain Tsubasa, Grappler Baki. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not 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 a big studio by any. And means. they eventually became Dio Media. Yeah, in in a very shady move. Uh, I was reading that <laughs> after you said that, I was I went and and, and looked up some stuff and sounds shady, but but let's not talk about it. <laughs> All right, to give to give a synopsis over what Star Blazers or Space Battleship Yamato is, uh, well, funny enough, it's actually being dubbed on Funimation right that now, is. and it's about halfway done. Uh, and that's how I'm watching it. But really, you should just watch it all subbed because why would you wait? Well, it's so good. I'm very much in, I'm very much okay. enjoying it. So, Yamato is the journey of a it's a point A to point B journey to put it simply enough. But a little bit more uh, a little bit more background on it is it is the year twenty one ninety nine, and uh, aliens known as the uh, the Gamelons are bombarding Earth with meteors meteor bombs as they call them and it's ruining the uh ruining the earth's atmosphere Poison gas so the humans and, and the gamelons are at war with each other and it's gotten to the point where uh the earth is gonna be uninhabitable due to this the, uh it's causing volcanic eruptions it's changing the earth's structure yeah uh obviously it's not obvious at first, but 
the Gamelons want to pretty much make Earth theirs. Uh, that's that's their point. They want to wipe out mankind. Humanity has to flee underground because of poison gas, essentially. <laughs> right. Uh, so the retreating population is kind of at a, at their crossroads, their wits end. They don't know what to do. Well, lo and behold, they get a unique message from an another alien from this distant planet outside their own galaxy, where mankind's never traveled before. Forty-six thousand from light this years woman away. named. From this woman named Starsha from the mysterious planet Iskander. And she has provided in this message blueprints for the wave motion engine. And what this engine will do, it will allow mankind to travel to Iskander. Make the journey their own. She will give them the technology uh, to rid the earths of its radiation poison it will cleanse the earth and they can make it habitable again the 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 catch is she cannot travel to them they must make the journey themselves Mm -hmm. and what what has earth what has earth done well they found this ancient world war ii battleship the yamato a very famous japanese warship that sank and they have reformatted it so to say <laughs> into a spaceship <laughs> to make this journey uh, they, they've put together a ragtag crew with um, with our main character uh, uh, Kodai Susumu Kodai uh, uh, the, the, basically the best engineer the best captain the best uh, and the best doctor and then everyone else hey, hey, are, hey, are kind of who they can gather together best, best doctor, doctor Heike the best. the best doctor. The best doctor. You mean the best veterinary? You can't forget about. They've even put on the best robot, named Analyzer. <laughs> yeah. Can we just say that? Oh, so what is can, the way? Can we just say that? Well, okay, go. <laughs> Making Yamato a spaceship is a very dumb idea, and if we're no. talking about an actual like situation, the person who said, "Yeah, let's just." revive Yamato and make it a spaceship would be fired uh, in the act. It was like... What other, is... what other... I mean, co- oh, come on. Japanese battleship would they make a, spa- a spaceship out of, huh? Oh, no, Musashi. <laughs> nah. Yuki Kazi. Gotta be the Yamato. Yeah. Gotta be the Yamato, man. Gotta be the Yamato. It's always it the, Yamato. the Yamato. Otherwise, it wouldn't look as cool in space. Yeah. Musashi is the sister ship of Yamato. It's basically <laughs> the same thing, but the whole is a little bit different. Musashi looks oh, way cooler oh, than I'm Yamato. All I'm hearing is yak, 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 yak. <laughs> sorry, if I'm a, sorry if I'm a history nerd and I know my Japanese and Americans and stuff, ship. Although I don't play a, little, a lot of Konkoli. <laughs> Shame. Anyway, you could do that. No. I guess. One day. Okay. Knows. So... Not only do they do they use the wave uh, motion engine to to travel, they've also utilized this new technology and made a gun out of it called the wave motion gun. The shoot yeah. tool, yes. Shoot tool. It is the best weapon you've ever seen. Essentially, it is it is their ace in the hole. Uh, so the Gamelons see that this ship is leaving Earth. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, before the Yamato can warp, uh, the Gamelons want to stop them immediately. Uh, but they don't really see mankind as a threat. They don't really know what this ship is going to do. They just see a battleship going. Um, and there's an epic battle. 
you that's when we see the Yamato complete its first warp and then uh, it gets to it gets to the uh, the moons of Jupiter in a second like holy crap right and even the crew it doesn't know what's what's happened they're like whoa <laughs> whoa we have that you gotta, yeah we have like the, whoa dude we have the LSD trip sequence with the with the jump <laughs> yeah everything exactly is, is. <laughs> is floating and there are lights <laughs> very 70s <laughs> it's, it was very it was very doctor who esque like da 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 warp okay so from there but you know Yamato v Gamelons um just trying to escape, uh, and and the next two things to happen is the destruction of uh, the Gamelon's base they set up on Pluto, which is the one that they're bombarding Earth with, mm-hmm. and the battle right after that is the battle with the reflex gun, which is and so these two battles are very important. Thoughts? The reflex gun. I think it's the best battle. Of the series, well, there's one battle by the end that might come closer, but the reflex one, it's it is dreadful. Uh, it is something that you don't really feel on Yamato sometimes because, especially, especially because they have the wave motion gun, which is way too OP and can fire like it fires the it fires the the energy, the equivalent of a small galaxy energy. So like it is powerful. Yeah. So like, you you don't feel a lot of threat, but like when they are facing the 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 reflex gun, that was dreadful, especially because uh, they need to find where the gun was. So what they did was using the main ship, using Yamato as a you know as a decoy. Not yeah, not a not a decoy, but like more of a oh I forgot the name. Anyway, they used the ship. To make the the guys fire the gun, so they can so they could fight it. They are risking humanity, uh, humanity's fate, basically future by right. using. Yeah, they they have exactly one year to make it to Iskander and back. So to to uh, so first of all, the 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 battle of Pluto, the battle at Pluto is where they, where uh, Ukita Juzu, Juzu, Ukita, Ukita, yep. yeah, Ukita. Yes. Uh, he, Okita makes the, makes the decision. This is the captain of the Yamato. He goes, uh, cause the, the crew wants to use the, uh, wave motion gun immediately. And he goes, well, hold, hold your shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't know what it does, what it's capable of. We don't know its power. They get to Pluto and as they're escaping the base, they go, he goes, all right, let's test it out in a, in a real life combat scenario. Now, now's the time to see how much damage it does, etc., etc. And they basically destroy Pluto, like half of it. (laughs) And Ukita then makes the decision, we will only use this in cases of an emergent, absolute emergency. Because it's so dangerous and powerful. It is the last ditch effort. So I think that kind of... So, as OP as it is, uh, Hickey, with the captain's decision for that, I think that makes every battle then... Uh, much more important knowing because he he's he's putting it in the crew's mind that we can't just win every battle by relying on this one thing mm-hmm. 
And we saw that in the in the battle with the reflex gun. Because, okay, they could just use the wave motion gun, but they don't know where to fire it. Yeah. Because all it does is fire in a straight line, as great as it is. So we ha- they had to rely on their on their fighter pilots uh, to find... They had to rely on their, their radio operators, the bridge crew, to pinpoint the fighter pilots to take out the reflectors. And then they could use uh, their, their, their trump card to finish the battle. It, it, it's really cool. We, 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 see, we see how much the crew respects Yukita's choice. We see how much the fighter pilots come to respect uh, Kodai as their captain. Because he's a young guy. Essentially a nobody. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. an ace pilot. All we know about him is that his, his brother, his older brother, was a captain of another ship that died in a previous battle. Under. Yeah, and now he was also under, under Okita. Yukita. So. Okita, yeah. There's a bit of history there. Really cool stuff, and at this point we still have. Uh, I mean, there there's some there's some things in between where uh, our our only female character in the entire show <laughs> essentially, uh, Yuki Mori, um, she's helping out the doctor, and and she's slowly uh, needed in transition to be kind of the radio operator and the the overall healer of the crew. Mm-hmm. Not only that, she really, was like it's, it's she, really she cool. was also like the chief of analyzing something like that. She would just go out and analyze the the environment of a of a of a, of a planet. Oh, she was everything. Yeah, she, she was the, she was the she scientist. Had, she has three. Um, she had three roles. Like she yeah. was in the, in the medical crew. She was in the raiders, at one of the raiders, uh, because they had two. A ra- yeah, she was the radar radar. And uh, she radar she technician. also had the. The role of going out in a planet and seeing the composition of the atmosphere, the the plants, animals, those kind of things. So yeah, yeah. she had three roles. Oh yeah, yeah, and the, I mean, there's some, there's some moments between her and Kodai at first they don't quite get along, uh, but when they when they Kodai's uh, her bodyguard and uh, to go to this planet to get material, because um, you might you might be asking at this point. How are they going to survive a year-long journey if they if they can't like if they're going to get in battles? How are they going to repair their ship? How are they going to have the needed supplies? Well, they go to this planet that happens to have this particular alloy, and um, uh, the the wave the wave motion technology can also like create kind of this infinite amount of it can it can replicate an alloy that they need or or uh, replicate food or something. You know they they're they're very loose about the explanation, but it's basically wave motion technology does everything they need to make this journey. Yeah. What they should what We're they should here. be asking though is how the hell can they get can they travel one hundred forty six thousand light years in a single year <laughs> and back? Uh, because wave motion technology. <laughs> they they warping man. It's fast. They are warping. Yeah. They're using they're, they're, using they're warping. Warm wormholes. They're bending mm-hmm. space and time. You know they yeah. they don't it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's warp technology. That's that's how yeah. they did it. <laughs> I know. I know. That shouldn't be possible. <laughs> yeah, I know. You want the. So that's kind of the. That's kind of the first like ten episodes or so. Yeah. And, yeah. Um... Like episode twelve, I guess. Thirteen. They 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 go out of uh, the solar system or the galaxy. Right. They well, so okay. they're 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 finally gonna get out of the the Milky Way galaxy essentially, and uh, so. 
are this is where this is where I think the show is you know it has a good beginning, no doubt. I love I, I I love it. I love the the, the couple battles, um, the setup is there. Where I think the show is strongest is definitely in this middle section from about the twelve to twenty the twenty three range. Yeah. So yeah. before they exit the Milky Way, there's the idea that they should all send a last transmission home to their friends and family. And this is where you get kind of that sense of desperation among the crew. Uh, you you get you get a lot of the the character. This is this is probably one of the most uh, character driven episodes in the show. And in the seventies, you didn't really get a lot of that because you know a lot of, a lot of things were very episodic, not really self contained stories like this. What do you think? Yeah, Tori? no, because you watched twenty one ninety nine where I did. Stuff is, stuff is kind of changed. It was very much yeah. the same. Well, it is very much the same, but it's also changed. I think they handle this better in 2199, but I'm not going to get into that. Uh, what I yeah. uh, like, what I appreciate is obviously because, first off, this is like this is that final reminder to everyone, including you know everyone on the crew as well as the viewer, that this is the point of no return. Once they're past here, there is no going back there is no retreat there is now you're now they're on their own right and of course the thing that really awakens most people is that this is that point where you realize that you might never see your family again you're Mm -hmm. going on a mission that you there is no guarantee that you will get back there's no guarantee they will even make it so you might you might give your life to save those back home or you might give your life for nothing. No one knows. And after this point, no more communications. So it's get it. It's a really really powerful episode because it really gives you that like chill, like that dread where it's like you you realize that like this this is for real. Like they're actually doing this. That this is a hopeless quest when you think about it. <laughs> right? This is like a single a single battleship going off into the unknown. Against an entire fleet. alien yeah. race and their fleet, yeah, like seems improbable. Also, like it is, <laughs> it is interesting that this this feeling of there's no going back. It is through every like every character has it, and they do it yeah. by showing like background characters. They don't even have, uh, they don't have even any lines in the show but they they are in the line like they're celebrating it is a party they they did it they they are out of the milky way so they are celebrating they they are having fun they are drinking and there's a line you know to to make the last communication home uh to your families and people are happy people are, are talking in, in in the in the line when they enter the room you know they enter the room and there's just people keep talking and whatever when they come out they're crying you know uh, all the all the happiness they were showing before entering the that room to speak the last time with their family, it's just all they're just yeah. Crying. Like there's one character who who mentions like his um, uh, his wife just had a kid, and all they talked about was the name. Yeah. Yeah, like just is, simple, just simple yeah. things. But also, uh, and they're all on a limit. They all have like a couple minutes, like five minutes each, I think, isn't it? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. they have no yeah. time. But it's it's. I mean, it's a crew of I think I think they said 116 people. Yeah. So it's not even a a, a, a large crew by any mm-hmm. means. 
Um, from here, we get kind of this... This is where the Battle of the Week uh, thing tends to happen. Uh, we, we get we get some uh, character-driven moments, but what I want to highlight here is... Is Analyzer just not the best character in the entire Analyzer's show? So yes. <laughs> yes. That is one of the things that I will argue. I would say that Analyzer is probably better in the original than he is in 2199. That's because... <laughs> In the in this original 1974 version, Analyzer is a perverted robot, cracking jokes, and he drinks and gets drunk. Yeah. <laughs> he, what we mean is Yuki Mori is the only female on the entire crew, and he's like flipping up her skirt. He's hitting on her all the time. He doesn't want guys talking to her. He drinks with the uh, the the doctor all the time, getting drunk. He's cracking shit. He's like, you guys are afraid of the Gamelons. Put he's like, man up, you pussies. <laughs> <laughs> he's hiccuping. He's stumbling around, even though he's basically R two D two. There's a whole episode where he's like, he has to. Uh, uh, deactivate a minefield and he's just hammered in space like oh, i can do it no worries guys also his his episode is like as developing his character is also very good uh, yeah. when he got he gets captured with yuki in a in a planet and like he basically he basically saves everyone uh by the end and He's like, yeah, no, I'm just, I'm not a human. I can behave like a human being. I'm just a robot. I was so sad. Like, I, I, oh, yeah, I, he's I, very, I yeah, sad. he's very self-aware of a situation. Yeah, he became, <laughs> yeah. At the beginning of the episode, he's like, no, I'm really serious about Yoki. And the, the crew is like, what are you going to do? I'm going to ask her to marry me. Like, <laughs> and at the end of the episode, it's just like <laughs> that realization that he, he will never be human. He, he can be human. He's just a robot. Uh, but it's still he's yeah. special, and you know they they say that, and ah, oh, the moments, the feels. <laughs> yeah, a- Analyzer is absolutely hysterical. Um, I do I do miss that in the in the remake, but that just makes that just makes one example of why the uh, the original is still worth watching. Yep, Analyzer in the Star Wars man. analyzer for life (laughs) okay uh now now getting into mm, the more the more crux of the show again uh this is where we start learning more about desler the the uh the overlord commander person of the gamelon empire and he has this kind of roman emperor type feel to him you know, everything's kind of for his entertainment. He he sees mankind as nothing but this primitive ape-like race. You know, okay, they escaped once or twice before. That's not my fault. As long as they were they entertain me, but yet it's still my uh, subordinates that are fucking up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, if if it, one of his officers screws up once, he's like, all right, well. Yeah, the but you you entertained me once before, but I will not handle a second time, and that's why we kind of see repeated battles against a similar foe. In more or less uh, the second time, they always up the ante because they know because that officer knows that it's it's life or death. Defeat the Yamato, or he's gonna die. So 
Dessler has his his uh, military scientists always come up with these kind of extraordinary weapons that make almost no sense, whether it be uh, creating a second sun to burn the Yamato because, hey, is that fucking entertaining, is it not? Mm-hmm. Or in this case, the episode I want to uh, capture is the one where he creates this, like, entity out of pure... Uh, pure matter that eats the energy of everything around it. Yeah, uh, the sun. Itself. But that's not good enough for old Dessler here. Yeah, he's also got to trap the Yamato in in this mouse mouse trap kind of situation in this area of space. But no, I am also a James Bond villain. I'm gonna leave a little part for them to escape, and they have to choose between one or two deaths. That is to go into the star. Or get eaten by my crazy weapon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. And this is where music oh. shines in the show. Is moments yeah. like this. The the music in the music in Yamato is nothing short of amazing, honestly. I one of the things that I appreciate a lot, especially when uh, when it comes to twenty one ninety nine, is that they didn't change the music. They just, you know, updated it. They just updated it so that it fits today. But they still use the same music. They use the same opening and everything. And God damn it, even going back and listening to that original opening. It's so good. Yamato. Yeah. Oh, come on. It gets you hyped for the show. Yeah, every single time. Like, And it's it helps that. Probably we're gonna talk about it, and like after we we talk about the the happenings of the of the show. But Yamato has almost no reused animation, so every single time yeah. that that insert music start playing, the the OST for Yamato fighting is always brand new animation, and it's always so hyped. Uh, yeah, ah, God. That's why I think that's why. Uh... As opposed to other, say, Battle or Monster of the Week shows, even during the 70s, that's why Yamato stands out and doesn't seem to get stale. Because you're seeing the fresh animations over and over again. Or not, uh, yeah, because you're seeing the fresh animations instead of the same things over and over again. That makes every battle uh, seemingly unique and important. I mean, they they are, they should be. (laughs) 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 <laughs> exactly i mean it, you can't have a point a to point b journey have all these reused animations for these battles that should be unique otherwise it would get stale yeah. or it would feel stale and, and yamato doesn't have that mm-hmm. uh so okay moving on uh what we what we see during these battles is yukita as a captain and kodai uh having his moments to shine it's kind of their their one two battle uh, Ukita making a split decision, and he's always he's always got this like close up on his face, his hat slightly over his eyes, kind of makes it look like he has an eye patch at some point, a lot of the times. But it's always it always cuts to him, looks at him, music hits, and he goes, "All right, I've made my decision. We're gonna go straight into the star. We're gonna lure the enemy ship into it. I don't know what's gonna happen with that matter monster behind us, but it's our only option." What are we going to do? We're going to use the wave motion gun to time it to fire at a uh, solar flare and go through the solar flare. Captain, that's crazy. And he's like, do it. I, I got <laughs> do you have I a better that, idea? I love that moment. 
Like, do you have a better idea, or do you just want to like go into the yeah. star now? And I die? love that moment <laughs> because, like, it's one of those moments where you realize that the way motion cannon can be used uh, as more than just simply shooting the enemy or killing, destroying the enemy. Right. As it's one of those, it's like it's the last ditch effort, but the last ditch effort isn't necessarily to turn around and fire this thing at the enemy and hope they die. <laughs> Right, o Okita sees escape more important as destroying the enemy, and a lot of the crew doesn't see it that way. And Kodai is one of them. Yeah, he he's he he's always he's 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 a bit of a hothead. Uh, he's he's out for revenge a lot of the times because of the death of his brother. Uh, but he's learning from Okita and his decision, and the crew's learning as well. If it's not clear, Okita's my favorite character in the entire That's show. Cool, I like him. Like, he is a straight badass. <laughs> and I love the presentation. What, 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 what he means to the crew is so clear, and the amount of respect he commands is also very clear. Otherwise, they wouldn't go with his cockamamie plans, because they come out of nowhere. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so there, there's a... Uh... Well, what are your thoughts, Hickey? Well, on, on the captain? Yeah, yeah. I think I think he's an interesting character. Uh, I think he's very straight on the duty. Uh, ever since the beginning of the show, he's like, no, we're going to Skanda, but we need to avoid the battles as much as possible. So usually he goes right. to the most safe and small decisions, you know. Uh, well... Uh, like with the survival is his prime directive. Yeah, like like with the with the creature mass gas thing that were pursuing them in space, they shot at the thing. They shot a a laser cannon at the thing. The thing ate the energy, and he's like, "Well, if that thing ate the energy of my simple laser gun, it will probably eat the energy of the wave motion gun as well." So let's go to the sea. It like it it looks like. Uh, this creature is attracted to the energy of my ship. Let's go to the sun and see what happens. It might just try to go to the sun, and that's what happens. He's very sensitive and smart, you know, with his decisions. Aside from one that we're going to talk later, like, uh, he usually, like, he's this character. He's very straight <laughs> to duty, especially because he's dying. I don't know if, it, we, if we're talking about it, but he is dying. He, 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 uh, yeah, from the get go, you he's he's always like talking to the doctor. Um, yeah, he's got he's got some failing health issues yeah, going he's, on. Yeah, he's he's on verge of death, and he still comes out of those planes because his determination of going to Skandar, get the Cosmos Cleaner D, and going back to Earth is so strong that <laughs> is like it is stronger than his his fear and his you know his wounds and in, like intoxication with space. What is it called? Space. Uh, it is. Ah, I forgot the name. Space radiation. They call it space radiation. He's contaminated with space radiation. Right. Like, and also he has a fatal, a fatal wound for the last battle. But he's still going there. He's still making his job. He lasted like a hundred days in command of the ship. You know, in that situation. <laughs> so he he's and also like people respect him. People respect him without knowing these the circumstances, and people respect him even more after that. So yeah, yeah. he's he's I think and he's right. one of the best characters of of Yamato, yeah. definitely. And just to kind of uh, like clarify, because I mean we talked about how a lot of people look up to him and how he's important, but 
I just feel like it's kind of important to mention as well with, you know, knowing that he's sick. Because it's not like people don't know that he's sick. Maybe not to the, the extent. Uh, the crew doesn't know. But, like, um, he's obviously, he's not just sick, he's old as well. So it's like, the question is obviously, well, why would they then choose him to captain the, Yama, the Yamato? And, like, why do, so, why do they have so much respect for him? The reason why they have respect for, so much respect for him, and the reason why he's chosen to pilot the Yamato, is because he, as far as I remember, he's the only one who has carried out a successful mission against Gamila, uh, Gamilas. Uh, as far as I remember, like they have had many people die in wars with Gamalas. Uh, yeah, and 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 a lot of a lot of basically all their fleet is destroyed yeah. at this point. There's nothing yeah, no, left. but that's that's why they choose him in specific because they need someone yeah. with authority who can you know hold everyone can bound bound around. And what's easier to bound around a living war hero who has fought against and survived against Gamilas? Yeah. So you know. So to quickly go through a uh, a couple. A couple of this uh, important midpoints here. Um, he's, he's, uh, eventually, the, uh, Kodai captures a Gamelon, and this is where they. This is where he he himself learns that uh, even the alien race isn't so much different than humans. So just kind of a straightforward uh, point there. Um, then eventually, the crew starts getting hit with uh, cabin fever or space fever, you might say. <laughs> Focus a little bit more about character backgrounds, like such as Kodai and uh, and his best friend Shima, uh, kind of butting heads, uh, arguing. Uh, any any thoughts on any thoughts here? No, I guess it is you use your, it's your everyday best friends, rivals like butting heads. It's not nothing new. It, it also yeah. it's very average. It's not. I kind of, I kind of like the the this part in the show. Based, it, it's showing that people are weak because because what if they fail? They're gonna die for nothing. Earth's gonna die. You know, they're all starting to freak out. There's there's one guy who who wants who basically abandons ship, <laughs> uh, falling straight into a a a gamelon trap. So people are going. People are starting to lose their minds and and hope. That, I think that was the point. Yeah, no, this. yes. Uh, just in yeah. case, but like, I mean, in terms of like, you know, Kodai and his friends, like, uh, rivalry, I feel like that's, it's one of those things where it's like, I, I get it, but ultimately I feel, I feel like... Uh, <laughs> man up. No, not, not man <laughs> up directly, but it's like, it's fine that they included it. I don't mind that it's there. Like, again, the more character background and the more character motivation, the more, you know, you build up your characters. Uh, that's fine. Right. But it's like it's one of those things like it's it's necessary, but I don't necessarily think it was super well handled. But they well, I mean, any any background for Godai and you know, I think Shima as well is not very well handled uh, because usually it involves going into a flashback in the middle of a battle. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, and <laughs> yeah, it, I don't think that is that is good handling. Uh, I think there are better things to show instead of a 20-minute flashback to how one of the guys of the crew was his brother's friend. That kind of thing. Uh, yeah. I think, like, yeah. at least... No, I mean, I mean, of course things could have been handled better, but... Um... I guess. Eh. Yeah, like, for what example, Ihana, <laughs> which is the guy who abandoned the ship. Uh... They sure fixed it in the remake. <laughs> Ihara, which is the chief in co- chief of communication, who, who is the guy who abandoned the ship? 
right? Because uh, uh, there was this right. Gamela Antina-like thing prop that was enhancing the the signal between Yamato and and Earth. So like. Yeah, the whole purpose was to try and trick them and, and make them more homesick. Yeah, and that, that actually trapped yeah. him. So, like, when it comes to... It did. It worked. Yeah, but, like, when it comes to things like Earth, what has what happened in Earth, his father died because he went to take part in a riot or something like that and got hit in the head and died, like, right in front of him. So, when he goes out of the ship... So, he's going crazy, and it's great. It's a great develop. When he goes out of the ship and, like, he hit this, this antenna he's like wait yeah I'm on the space on the Yamato to fight Gamelize yeah it's the Gamelize who killed my father you know and that part is not very good the same way with Sanada <laughs> Sanada's story uh, is basically they need to destroy this magnetic spaceship that is trapping Yamato so like they go there. It goes Godai yeah. and Sanada, which That's, is the chief uh, engineer. It's a, yeah, it's a satellite. Yeah, and it's... we're at episode 18 then at that yeah. point. And like Sanada, like out of nowhere, start talking about how he met Godai's brother. <laughs> you know? And it's like 10 minutes of flashback. Then when they go to to the to the main room of the of the satellite, and Sanada like gets trapped and say, No, don't worry, my legs and, and arms are fake and they're bombs in it just unscrew it and let's go out and there's another flashback of how he was a kid and he wanted to do like he wanted to go on a on a park uh attraction basically because of his fault he crashed the thing and his sister died and he lost all the members <laughs> and he was like technology took all from me like no you know every single time they have flashbacks it is not well developed, but when the characters... Cabin, cabin fever, man, doesn't have to make sense. It makes sense in their minds because they're going crazy. <laughs> I, probably, yeah, probably. Like, every single time yeah. there's a flashback, it is not very well handled. When the character is on screen, develop, developing his character on screen, not on flashback, but through dialogues, through decisions, it is very well handled. That's why Okita, which is a captain, never had a, a proper flashback. He's right. one of he the never, best characters. Yeah, we never we never learn about his past other than other than he was a fa- he was a war hero. Yeah, so and yeah. he's he's his yeah. son died in, on war actually also, but we didn't have the flashback. Yeah. Uh, he didn't show the flashback, and he was he's one of the All best right. characters because he his development is through dialogues and decisions, not through flashbacks. You can go, you can go on, please. Okay. So, uh, at, from this point on, it's, we're at episode 19 now, and this is where we are essentially at the midpoint of their journey, uh, a Gamelon base called Balon, or Balon, I'm gonna say oh. Balon, uh, and then f- from 19 to the end is non-stop action, essentially. Mm-hmm. With uh, with a small moment in between, and we'll get there. <laughs> Episode twenty four. So this is where we meet probably the most important Gamelon, uh, out Gamel, uh, Gamelonian, out outside of Dessler himself, Mister James Bond villain, 
this is Dommel. He is kind of the... Because Balan's important for two reasons. Dommel is their best uh, officer. Gamelon's best officer. Uh, they've lost all of their previous officers against the Yamato. Dessler's getting pissed off now. He still he still doesn't see Yamato as a threat just yet, but he's you can kind of sense his his uh, his irritation, <laughs> to say the least. He's even got his you know when he get wants to get rid of people, he just kind of flicks his chair and pulls <laughs> yeah. the hole yeah. the ground and like, dies. Like old cartoons, I love that. yeah. <laughs> Old cartoons, old James Bond things, like flicked in the chair, tips them over, and they die in a in like a lava pit. Anyways, uh, so uh, Balin is the one that sent out the fake message. He wanted to play psychological warfare. Uh, then Damal has grown in this kind of appreciation for Yamato in its battle, as as just a a gen uh, as a general military respect. He calls out Ukita himself goes, I challenge directly the captain of the Yamato for this one last battle. It's basically us against you. And Yukita's like, well, no way around this. I accept. At least this way there could be no trickery. It's just a one-on-one battle. <laughs> and the crew of the Yamato looks at Yukita again like he's fucking crazy, but okay, let's do it. Badass. <laughs> uh, one of the best moments in the series by far oh like from a battle yeah one of yeah. one of one of the best battles i've, I've seen in in anime actually really it's just like fantastic it's it's up there yeah, it, it's, it's up there man downright intense from the get-go to the end fantastic yeah. tori oh no, i i really like this but this moment like just i don't know just the intensity and it's like again <laughs> This is what I this is what I miss in a lot of in a lot of shows. It's that, you know, just kind of not even not even like a sense of hatred or like we're not there because they they get that point where it's like they're not even fighting each like they're not having this battle because they just downright hate each other and wants to kill each other. This is a battle out of respect for each other, for their for like each other's skills. And that's like I don't know. Well there's a the the uh one of yeah there there's even a uh, a piece of dialogue where they're on the uh, Damal and Ukita are talking to each other screen to screen to screen like a like out of something straight out of Star Trek and and it goes down with um, Ukita goes Damal if you just let us go to Iskander we don't have to fight I'm doing this for Earth I fight for Earth and Damal goes along the lines of I respect you but I can't let you through. Because I also fight for my my homeland. Yeah, yeah. You know they they have their their they have their reasons. They respect each other full full heartedly, but they have to fight for what their purpose is. I loved yeah. it. No, it's just no, like, it's just and, a moment uh, rid, I mean, rid of good said, versus evil, and just like you know, it's it's cool, but it's cool because it's just people. I don't know. It's just people go, going into battle for what they... Again, what I've talked about earlier. Yeah, people going yeah, into battle like, for what they believe in. For their yeah, side. Yeah. For, you know... Yeah. You can go ahead. Yeah. No, that's that's what I was t- going okay. to say. It's, it is interesting. Yeah. Like, it is... So... Um, also, what, uh, what, uh, what uh, another thing I wanted to say is that... Although this battle is one of the best I've seen... It has also has one of the worst 
uh, moments, which is, I mean, do you guys want to describe what happened, but just go to another thing? Because I just can skip out and, and say what, what was the one of the worst uh, scenes of this, of this series and one of, I think, one of the worst convenient things that we can see in anime. Well, what is it then? Uh, the destruction of the carriers. Go on. Basically, what the basically the plan to finish off Yamato was to shoot a missile, a drill missile inside of the muzzle of the wave of the wave oh, motion yeah, gun. They succeeded. Uh, Shima uh, Sanada goes inside of the missile and disarms it. Goes it, uh, not only disarms it but makes it go reverse. When the ship, when the, the missile goes out of the muzzle, it hits one of the carriers. When it hits one of the carriers, the carriers, of course, it explodes, and the explosion of it kills all major carriers of the, the Gamelai fleet, only surviving the, the flagship where Doma was in. So, like, for me, although this one is, this is one of the best battles, like, with intensity and respect of both sides, how to handle a a the beginning of a battle and ending of a battle, the actual battle uh, after the missile result is one of the worst worst things you can see, because it's just one ship exploded and the debris killed all of them, basically the end of the battle. <laughs> you know, yeah. I uh, didn't. I, I I vaguely remember. I think it was the captain going. Why are he he, he mentioned during the battle like like keep your distance from each other yeah otherwise even though like even, even though reaction if one yeah, goes down i mean even though like okay i understand like there were four ships one or two yeah on the on the collateral damage like one ship is also destroyed the other one has heavy heavy damage and the other one is fine no every all four destroyed you know that is I don't think there's... I, don't know, I was I was I was more concerned with Sonata the scientist being able to just reverse alien technology so easily. Yeah, he just <laughs> all the time. <laughs> he make he make a direct uh, <laughs> thing. He just pull out two two wires and stick them together. Like, yeah, no, but like I think I think that happened because <laughs> at that point they already knew the the series gonna get canceled, so they had to save time. That is my own explanation. Yeah, they had to speed things up. Well, speaking of speeding things up, this is where the series goes. Bang, 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 three episodes done. Hard to believe, right? Yeah, no, yeah. not really. <laughs> not really, uh, this is the 70s. Because right after, because right after this, uh, to, to, I'm, I'm going to go as quick as the series does, because that's all it yep. deserves. Sure. Um, w- and then we can get into discussion of, of each of those events. Uh, Ukita, o- Ukita goes down. With his illness, finally. He's bedridden. He's still giving uh, advice. Kodai is taking over. He's taking the helm. They arrive... The, the ship... Are, because they they uh, they got past Balin, they now easily arrive at Iskander and discover that Gamelos is actually the twin, pla- twin planet from Iskander. They're right next to each other. They're neighbors. <laughs> They're related. <laughs> um, but before they can land on Iskander... Uh, Starsha, the uh, the woman from from their dreams, it's like, hey, you made it, but um, there's that uh, pesky neighbor next door. You kind of, eh, they're not gonna really let you let you get here that easy. Uh, 
even Starsha has a has a conversation with Dessler, like, can you just let him through? And he's like, nah. I can't <laughs> do that. <laughs> I can't do that. They they suck. I'm just gonna kill them all. Uh, us Gamelons aren't stupid like you people from Iskander who just, you know, with your planet dying, you yourselves died as well. So he kind of called him out on that. You know, you have this pacifist mentality, well, you're just gonna Man. die. So I was like, okay, well, alright. So, Dessler says, come on, uh, Yamato, you'll never get there, we won't let you, you might as well take us on full on. Kodai's like, oh crap. And uh, Uketa's like, you can't, unless we defeat them here and now, they're just gonna repeat uh, what they've done. So you have to go. And that takes on the final, the, the epic final battle on Gamalos against Dessler, and we learn about how Gamelon, uh, how the how the planet Gamelos became what it was, um, just basically over-industrialized the, uh, uh, mixed in with the way the planet's deteriorating. The inner crust is, is, uh, has become this just volcanic, uh, mid-continent eruption so the waters are now sulfuric acid the winds are hydrogen sulfide uh (laughs) real yeah real wild stuff so basically it's uninhabitable and that's why um gamel gamel the gamelons are wanting to convert earth into some place where they can live yep kodai goes into battle they get into the the, the uh, Dessler makes them fall into their their trap pretty easily, and Kodai falls for it through and through. And he's like, he even is like, oh, a ship in the sea. Pfft. He kicked, he kicks his feet back, whatever. <laughs> and analyzer goes, um, we're corroding, bitch. <laughs> yeah. So Kodai freaks out and goes back to Akita, and Okita goes dive into the sea. Another one of his crazy. Okita's in the bed, and he's like. Pfft. Dude, I got this. <laughs> <laughs> you won't corrode in five to ten minutes. Then look for your moment. That's all he tells him. And then Kodai pulls out. Uh, he's just he's in the inner crust, and he's just guns are firing everywhere. He's he's basically destroying yeah, Gamelon. Just genocide. The inside. Just genocide. <laughs> like. And just committing genocide. Like yeah. uh, also like there was this thing about the. Some of the the buildings of the of the town of the Gamelon Star was were actually also missiles. So like they were raining down missiles and uh, guns firing, lava going through cities and streets, and people screaming. Yeah, it was just straight up genocide. Oh, it's crazy. Oh yeah, when and at the culmination of all this, uh, Dessler's presumed dead because he he goes up with uh, the volcanic chain reaction that Kodai set off with Yamato and uh Yamato is pretty much destroyed and they they uh him and Yuki look out in the distance and it kind of has that planet of the apes moment where it's like you've destroyed it all he goes like (laughs) you did this there's no silent like there's no sound everything yeah there was just silent and then we knew we had fucked up because we killed the entire race uh right now Mm -hmm. You know, and you have this. Yeah, so so like, it is interesting because you have this. We are now. We are not the good guys. You know that that moment. Um, now, yeah, we came here yeah, to save now, her, but now, yeah, the, right the now, yeah, right now, we are not the good guys. 
uh, we just killed everyone, and we should be ashamed of well, that. Yeah, and and Dessler's Dessler's um, ad, ad, uh, advisors were just like, "Don't bring them here." <laughs> yeah. What if something goes wrong? And Dessler just being the James Bond villain, I can't lose. <laughs> Nothing's gonna go wrong. <laughs> Nothing ever goes wrong. Nothing, nothing ever goes wrong except the whole time. <laughs> I'm the main character. So they, uh, so they go to Eastgonder, and things get weird there, to say the <sighs> least. Episode They get their Cosmo Cleaner D. Cosmo the Cleaner gen. D, yes. This is the second to last episode, and they've gotten to Eastgonder. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Remember, I have to get back. We find out that Kodai's... We find, yeah, they still have to get back. It took 25 episodes and then there's one left. Oh. <laughs> uh, we find out Kodai's brother didn't die in in episode one. He's been in a coma the whole time with Starsha on Eastgonder. What, he woke up a week ago and they're in love? Like, yeah, okay. there's this, um, that, that, uh, this exchange of lines between Yuki and Starsha. you just going, you love him, don't you? And then you have this dramatic... OST in the ground on the background. Do, do, do. Like, what the fuck? What was it like out of left field? Every everything in this episode, everything in episode twenty five and twenty six, everything is yeah. just out of left field. You don't expect it. Like it's just everything up to this. Yeah, everything up until this point was amazing. <laughs> like never, especially in the seventies, just nothing compares. And then we have twenty five. Got your Cosmo Cleaner. Nah, you're in love. Brother's still alive. Mutiny on the ship. Saying they want to repopulate on Iskander. <laughs> Take Yukimori. But they're all but they're all men and one Take woman. Yukimori so that they can repopulate. <laughs> Fucking tsunami hits. Wipes out everyone except uh, Yukimori who gets rescued. Uh, Fucking... Like half the crew yeah. dies Kodai, or something. It's Kodai's nuts. brother decided he's gonna stay on Iskandar with uh, Starsha. So uh, even though he's finally alive, he's basically accepted that. So uh, there's that. Also, they never explain. They never explain why everyone in Iskandar is dead. They're just dead. Nope. No, they just say they just say the planet de- uh, deteriorated and a tsunami's gonna. Yeah. Hit. But no, never, but they yeah, never they say never like yeah anything. You know, something <laughs> happened to the air and killed a bunch of people. It was a disease. No, it's like the the planet's dying, so everyone They're died. Dead. Like I find it funny yeah. though that the queen <laughs> is the only one left. And she's like, I'm gonna be here to oversee everything. It just it almost makes me kind of believe that like they like let's just say that the, all the air or something got got poisoned or something. So it makes me feel like she just kept all the all the uh, air in uh, in her castle and let everyone else die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We'll go with that. The Starsha had to bur- has to bury everyone. Oh, <laughs> that is so that is so fucked up. Oh boy. So now we got the last episode. <laughs> Yay! Espoo! Uh... Oh my Robernan! <laughs> All over again. <laughs> All over again. Yeah. Our boy Sonata comes through again. So. Uh, 25 episodes to get to Iskander, one episode to get back to Earth, <laughs> and Dessler's still alive by himself on a ship of his own to make one last-ditch effort. To use the Dessler cannon. <laughs> to use the Dessler cannon to destroy all, take, a, take himself out if he has to. Sonata, OP scientist, more so than the wave motion gun at this point, 
puts up a shield to reverse it because he got that idea from the reflection gun <laughs> because he just made it because reasons like and then they make it back to earth ah but wait there's one more moment two more moments just two one. more moments two more moments yeah. come on two. okay well i guess technically two, two. two. All two. Right. two. uh yuki dies she, her corpse. Well, I mean, Desler inv- kind of invades the, the Yamato. Yeah. They spread the, yeah. They spread okay, the okay, uh, okay. poison you, gas. You tell it, Tori. Yeah. You're going to do a better yes. job than me. They spread the poison I, gas um, in there uh, to kill off everyone. So, uh, you know, they have to uh, they have to try to survive somehow. So now even more, even the rest of the crew, may, uh, crew members on the Yamato are dying. Uh, Pretty and, much. And uh, Yuki decides that because, you know, the uh, clean, the fucking, uh, what's it called? Cleaner... Uh, Cosmo Cleaner D, the best detergent of of the galaxy. She she runs there because she's just like, oh yeah, I we can use this to like uh, get rid of the uh, the poison gas in here. So she used that, but of course she gets caught in the poison gas and then she dies. But she gets rid of the poison gas, so Desler's retreat to ship, and uh, yeah, then Desler is destroyed because his cannon, which is the same as the wave motion cannon. Is uh, reflected. Uh, because, <laughs> oh my uh, god, Yamato is so OP. And, Holy shit, yep. it has a force and field then, and a wave motion gun. Oh my yep. god. And oh. then, you know, as they return to Earth, fucking Oki- Okita, he gets his last look at Earth because he has been, he's on the verge of death. And when he finally gets to see Earth again, his mission is complete and he can now rest in peace. And they're standing there watching the Earth. Everyone is there. Fucking Kodai is holding Yuki, Yuki Mori in, no, in his arms. No, come on. Is, it's not only that. Let, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, Hickey's going to tell this part. It is, it is yeah. Kodai the edgy child moment of this series. Because everyone is commemorating. <laughs> Dude, they did it. Like, because through the entire show, they, they talk about the how many days they have left to complete the mission. And every single time, they're like, oh, because of the attacks and the tours, we are very delayed. We are going to arrive at Earth in uh, November, I think, and we shoot that October. At the end of the series, they arrive at Earth in September. So it's cool. So they're like, yes, we made in September. Everyone is happy. Everyone is commemorating. Everyone is getting drunk. And then Kodai just appears. <laughs> Princess, uh, <laughs> with Princess carrying Yuki's body. Like, in the middle of everyone. Dude, everyone is commemorating. They are alive. They survive. Like I think, at the end of Yamato, I'll say three quarters of the Yamato crew died. You know. Yep. Like. Oh yeah, for sure. There's only like twenty yeah. people left. And like everyone is commemorating, and there's just Kodai with a body, with a fucking corpse, walking <laughs> on the fucking, uh, the fucking room, and everyone is He's silent. On the bridge. You know. Her. Everyone, <laughs> shut up, and get sad. Like. If I was there, I was like, I would look at him like, God fucking damn it, Kodai. I am happy. Why the fuck you with a corpse here? You fucked up. Why are you bringing the dead body up here? Why did you bring the dead body up here? You fucked up my fucking commemoration. Now I need to be sad because you the only girl in the ship that I masturbated once or twice in the in the, in the thing <laughs> stand in front of me now. God fucking damn it. It'll be just like, it is. Why? Oh God! Like in in all honesty, in all honesty, I but there's I thought, one I thought, more. There is one more kick in the pants, though. You know, like in in there's all honesty, one more kick in the pants moment. So, 
the moment of Ukita's death, light leaves his body, and then Yuki starts glowing. So light goes into her, and then she just wakes up. Yeah, she was a she was alive. And everyone's cool with it. Yeah, everyone. <laughs> then everyone starts coming. She no longer is. Uh-huh. Like in all honesty, I thought <laughs> they're just like, oh, I guess she was asleep the whole yeah, time. Yeah, she was. Know. She was in a coma, just like Mamoru's brother. Uh, in all honesty, I thought I oh thought like God. when I saw him, you know, taking off the the cloth to see the body to see Yuki's corpse, I thought he was going to kiss her. And that's it. I was like, okay, that's fine. But dude, when he just got a corpse and started walking, it's like, no, no, don't do yeah. that. You don't, you don't need that. But yeah, don't be that. <laughs> no, bro, don't, don't be, be that, that guy. Who don't bring that body to the party. Come on. Yeah, don't be that guy. Uh, but yeah, but like Yuki's, Yuki's, dude, Yuki dude, was guys, alive. Been there. I've been there. It's not. It's it's a total. It's a total did you, buzz. Did kill. you bring your dead girlfriend to a party? <laughs> Uh, there was a dude. It was like 1985. There was a prostitute. Things went. Things got weird. No, you don't I say. Got, I got some cocaine. It was kind of weird. Uh, yeah, like. <laughs> but she was alive, and like this is that doesn't make sense. This is the only thing that is not explained. You know, even think there are things during the series that actually change the explanation. Uh, for example, when yep. they when one of the Gamelai. They are uh, one of the pilots is captured by by Yamato crew. They say that they can survive in the same atmosphere of, of Earthlings or uh, humans. When Dazzler is invading Yamato, he says we can survive in the uh, atmosphere, so we need to go back when the gas was being cleaned by the Cosmo Cleaner D. You know that kind of thing changes. That is fine. That is completely fine. Because I think Leiji Matsumoto likes to do stuff like that. Doris told me. Yes, he does. Yeah. But Yuki... W- yeah, he, he yeah, likes like, doing weird stuff like that. Mamoru's brother being dead and then, then not. He was alive. He was actually captured. You know what? It is fine. But Yuki waking up... He also likes his aliens drinking wine all yeah. the time. <laughs> and whiskey as well. Uh <laughs> Yuki waking up doesn't make sense, and they don't explain. They just run with it. They're like, you know what? She's not dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. end. Yamato. Yeah. <laughs> no, I I remember. I yeah. My my thoughts watching the last two episodes were, wow, twenty four straight episodes of I need to watch the next one, followed by two episodes ending. What? I legitimately, <laughs> when I was watching this, I legitimately thought, oh, okay, so I get it. The first season is going to be their journey to Iskandar, and the second yeah, season will that, be their journey was, back. I thought that as no. well. I thought that as well. <laughs> I, I thought as well, because, like, we are approaching episode 23, and they weren't balling yet. I was like, yeah. they, still, they still have <laughs> half of a fucking universe to go, you know? I was like, well, yeah. and you, you have uh, Wuchu Senkan Yamato Chu from... 19 19 yeah 1978 so like yeah, yeah okay they're gonna go like they they're going to ballon they're gonna have a fucking awesome five episode fighting ballon and then second season no of course not it it actually got canceled they so they just rushed the end and did whatever they they thought it would be cool to just mash everything in two episodes yeah 
Such which a is shame. it is still very enjoyable. Like those two episodes, like mm. just the twist, so many twists in two episodes. It's just, it's just fun. It was weird. It's why I love like Yamamoto Man. Like I, I don't, I don't care. It's not the, it's not good writing, but I like even when he just ends up having to make shit up and fuck shit. It's like the guy's, the guy's writing is entertaining. Okay, <laughs> I love <laughs> it. Even, yeah. Like even just to kind of use an example of how what I mean by like when he w- makes weird choices, when he, like he does weird choices at times. Like I remember watching Galaxy Express three nine, which is another show written by him, and he, you come to this point where you have two things you have the unstoppable gun and the un like unbeatable armor like basically or armor that can reflect anything and a gun that cannot be stopped what wins obviously the gun that cannot be stopped because it can't be stopped that's the logic he uses but it's like but that makes no sense <laughs> this armor should be able to reflect anything yeah i remember <laughs> but it doesn't have candy yeah, it is it is the same with gun frontier it is a manga that he wrote and there's a there's a there's an anime as well. Uh, I think it's probably two thousand. It is it is fun, but you have the same problems. Uh, also, yeah. can we talk about how Leiji Matsumoto has a, this fetish about tall blondies? Like every single series he, he does, there's a tall blondie. <laughs> uh, well, oh. every well, it's not just every single series has the character. Every every he reuses the same character yeah. designs and then puts That's them true. in a different story. Like Kodai is Captain Harlock. Yep. Starship even even in Excel Saga they Yuki joke Mori, about it and also and also Maytel and, and, and everyone. Even in Excel Saga like Excel Saga has a character who is Leiji Matsumoto tall blondie you know they joke yeah. about it in that show <laughs> yeah nah man yeah he just puts like different character spins on the same yeah. designs it's yeah. funny um, all right so what did everybody score Space Battleship Yamato 1974 uh, I did a six I put a six I think. For the music, music is amazing. Animation is wow. amazing for the time. Well, it it got canceled, yeah. so like the story, <laughs> too much too much plot twists. Uh, <laughs> the characters is still, yeah, oh, bummer. And one because I uh, I really okay. enjoyed this show. Uh. Yeah, no, same. I really did enjoy the show. Honestly, the end did bring it down for me as well, but I still ended up giving it a seven because the animation, music, it just. That first half, man, you you can't go wrong with that first half. It is fantastic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so to me, I thought zero to t- or one to twenty four, it was a perfect show for me. I saw nothing wrong. Putting my mind in the seventies, it was flawless for its time. And then the last two episodes hit, and I'm like, nope, that's a nine. All right, nope, that's a nine. <laughs> uh, yeah. That that was my whole train of thought going through it because I I saw basically nothing wrong with yeah. this show, like no reused animations, uh, a tight story, as tight as it can be for the '70s. Yeah. I I really like you. Uh, characters I was into, um, a lot of show don't tell, uh, character development. And uh, um, with an evil villain that that you hate and laugh at, um, characters that you respect, uh, making a point A to point B story so engrossing, uh, I couldn't stop watching. It's an 8 out of 10 for me show. Great. And as of this moment of what I'm watching in 2199, it's a 10 out of 10 show. 2199 is absolutely fantastic. Big Uh, words. I watched 2199. I'm only half. I'm only halfway through twenty one ninety nine, 
And that's a 10 yeah. out of 10 right I, now. I watched 2199 before I watched Yamato. And the thing, like, I really like 2199. I like 2199 more than the original Yamato. Not much, but kind of. And a lot of the, that comes down to the fact that they explain things in 2199 that, is, that isn't properly explained. Sure. And as well as they change a lot of things. Like, for example, like, like Hickey, what you pointed out, you pointed out that, like, you know, Yukimori, she basically does every role at, in the shift. In 2199, they have more characters that fill out these roles. They have more female characters that fill out these roles. But, yeah, like, they, they do. Yeah. And they give... What I say, I, I actually even like to say that 2199 and the original Yamato, despite being based on the same things, are two different stories. Because they have two completely different focuses. Yamato oh. is the original Yamato is way more about the journey and about the battles. Twenty one ninety nine yes. is way more about the crew on their journey. But there still are there still are the battles. The battles there. are there, but some of the battles are yeah. cut. Not every battle are there. Yeah, they've they've just, all they all they've done is is flip flopped what's what's uh, important one and important yeah. two. They've just yeah. flipped them. And I think that makes both series very much worth watching, because I think yeah. so yeah. too. Twenty one ninety nine uh, is my is on my plane to watch list. It's it's been there for a while, so I might watch it. Uh, since I mean, since I mean, yeah, since I'm on Yamato hype, I might I might watch it. You should. I mean, you got hotter female uh, characters. No. You got a cold eye checking out Yuki Mori's <laughs> ass. It's great. <laughs> uh, oh no, those uh, those space outfits in twenty one ninety nine. Um, they're nice. They got they got some good assets to them, and of course. If even more, if you want to be even more happier, right now, what's going on right now? Twenty-two oh two Yamato twenty-two oh two is being made. Oh, yeah, I can't. That I is honestly true. can't wait because there is a reason why I've watched all of Yamato, and uh, there's only one particular season that I can say don't watch, and that's the very last mm-hmm. one. That one's I'm no go- good. Everything else is is. Perfectly I don't care. Fine. I'm gonna watch it all, anyways. <laughs> no, it's well. You're gonna be very sad I at the end. <laughs> You'll be like, it'll oh. be worth it. <laughs> I mean, there, there's a, there's a, a comet battleship that they face. There's Be Forever uh, Yamato that's really good. I, I've, I speak highly about that. Mm-hmm. It's good stuff. I have the utmost respect for Uchu Senken Yamato 1974. Same. Honestly, yeah, it, yeah. I don't know. What I think, just so. again, just to kind of bring it back to the whole animation point. When I started my quest, I obviously started with uh, uh, Ashtano Joe, and while I, while yeah. I, I do, res- I really respect the original Ashtano Joe for its storytelling prowess. I think that is storytelling, almost storytelling mm-hmm. perfection. But production, not so much. Yamato, I think, <laughs> it does not have storytelling per- uh, perfection. It came close at times. But the end lets it down. Uh-huh. Yeah. But production-wise, it's yeah, visually, you know, if you look away from the Leiji Matsumoto designs, it's still hard fine. stuff today. They're fine. They're fine. They're fine, but they're gonna be very off-putting to a lot of people who watch like more modern anime. But visually speaking, animation, you know, effects work and all of that, it holds up with anime today. Sure, it's not as flashy as it would be today. The lasers aren't as bright <laughs> as they would be today, but you know, they it still holds up today. There's nothing wrong with watching the nineteen seventy four version now. It's not that hard to go back to, honestly. 
Absolutely. Okay. Well, that, I think that does it for us, guys. Uh, yeah. yeah. That was episode 16 of the Redleaf Retrocast. The Worldwide Weebs have brought you Space Battleship Yamato from the 70s. I wonder what's in store for us next, guys. Well, you'll just have to tune into the next episode. Found on iTunes, Google Play on your Android devices, uh, TuneIn Radio, plethora of other sites such as Stitcher. You can find you can find every episode on uh, the YouTube channel Moosenspiel. Hit us all up on Twitter, Tori Extra, and myself, Bowling JD, or just search Redleaf Retrocast. Please join us for the next one, and thank you very much. Peace. Thank you all for listening. Bye. あの子が出た